It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling. Now time for the show. I'm gonna tell you what's so funny. I'm so damn tired and about about out of it. I, I was like, did I send him the invite? <laughs> no, you did. It was um it's today was a little chaotic. Uh and I started talking to the lady and I had to be like, we should, you know, he probably uh you know, because I didn't hear the thing go off for whatever reason. I didn't put my phone on mute yet, but um yeah, sorry. It was a chaotic day. Uh, I woke up a little later than I wanted, and I had to go do some some chores, or you know, and then race back to, you know, to uh, do the podcast. So you know, and also my, I gotta buy a new little. I put my phone as as of the moment. Eventually, we'll have like microphones and a super nice setup. But yeah, I, I have my phone on a little stand in my little makeshift studio and. I need to get a new one because this one was, first of all, everything is in all over the place from coming back from Exotica. So I had to hunt down the one piece and then, and then like play MacGyver to make it do what it's meant to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So man, yeah, today been crazy for me too, bro. Between being like tired, because you feel like I can't, I don't get enough sleep for shit. But you do like 700 shows a week, you know, and, uh. And see, and see, what killed me is like when you deal with people on the West Coast, because sometimes my shows be like later than what I would prefer. And I'm not young like I used to, where I can sit here and be up all night and be able to go to work the next day like it ain't shit, or drink all night and smoke all night and go to work like the next day. Oh, no, not, I'm not 20 no more. <laughs> I could still do that, but there has to be a reason like i could stay up and like watch tv i mean yeah. or read, read a book but like you know i could be up all night doing all those things but the, the energy has to be right the people that i'm dealing with have to be right yeah. it's gotten more 
there has to be a, a, a narrative as opposed to like, this is what we're doing. Um, Cause I, uh, I didn't really, I didn't realize it until I got home, but I didn't really when I was in Chicago, like I kind of did, but it was that weird, you're asleep, but you're not like, if you were talking, yeah. I, I would be able to hear you. Then it would become a part of whatever I'm dreaming. So like, if you're talking about sandwiches, I'm thinking like a sandwich with Kavanaugh's voice is like fucking, you know, like, asking me to do a podcast about, you know, like salad dressing or something. And I'm like, wait, what? Um, so, and then all week, uh, you know, and I do apologize to the fans. Uh, we are, I have, uh, we are doing the thing on the Sheik. I yeah. did not have a moment between, and again, I meant to do it on Monday, but like, I was so, I, I like, I lost uh, one of my hats that I never, and I never lose a hat, like on the trip home. And then I almost, you know, like I, I just been sleeping all day and then whatever. And I just now yesterday finally got back to 100 percent normal. Uh, so I have not had a chance to read the book. I'm going to actually start it after the show. And then hopefully so next next show we do, we'll have the review and everything. Um, and I also have an update on the saga of the Amazon uh, uh, book. Well, this is actually this is interesting because I. You know, I collect I collect books and um, and you know first editions, and I give myself little projects where I'll pick an author and I'm like, okay, I'm going to collect all their stuff in first mm-hmm. edition, first print, hardcover. And right now, I'm intermittently tackling Stephen King, and I'm kind of almost there to where I'm down to the like, eventually within the next couple of months, like the only ones left are going to be the original six, which are the most expensive. And I and and I love Stephen King. He's one of my favorite authors, and I would like to achieve this goal before he passes away, because then all the prices are going to go ridiculous. Um, but I I got a bunch of books, and I brought it back to my thing, and I'm and I'm doing one of my favorite things in the world. I'm fucking around in my library, reorganizing stuff, and putting new books. And one of them turns out it's the Sheik book from Amazon. Um, <laughs> And if you, if those of you who maybe listen to the show religiously, I told them to cancel that, and they didn't. So I called them, uh, and and I immediately was like, I just, I gave them the whole narrative, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go right off the bat, like you know, hardcore. But I was like, let me tell you, yada yada yada. And essentially, I explained the whole thing in great detail, and I said, and here's the deal: the word, I'll see what I could do, or possibly, or not in your vocabulary right now. Like you're giving me. <laughs> A refund, and I actually—it's funny because I had the TV on the background, um, and I said I would rather throw my fucking daughter off a bridge than let you have this twenty bucks. Now, one for the people at home, I don't have a daughter, but the thing was, it was watching something, and like a little kid's noise came like over the TV, and I literally pulled the and I just uh, old comic instinct. I pulled the phone away from my face. I'm like, no, sweetheart, daddy, daddy loves you. He's just talking. He's just playing with a friend on the phone. Daddy would never throw you off a bridge. Go, 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 go see your mom. And then I was just like, go, daddy would never do that. I'm like, I would so, so that I would so throw that fat face braid wearing braces, need little bitch off the fucking thing. And I throw her so hard. She would bounce twice before she hit the water. And I was just like, you're not getting, you're not keeping that 20 bucks. And to this guy's credit, uh, he was like, uh, I, that, oh, I kept asking him, like, did you guys just send me this as a weird form of a policy? Because I'll keep it, but I'm not paying for it. But so mm-hmm. you can just take it back. And then I explained to them, and it's true, in Atlanta, a major city that I live in, 
It's supposed to be a major city. There's one place. If you don't have a printer, there's one place where you can go to drop off a, a package to Amazon to return it. They'll mm. print up a thing. One. There's several places you can just go drop stuff off. But yeah. they have Amazon apparently apparently Amazon's on hard time. So they have one printer for a major metropolitan city. Maybe it's all the black people. They're afraid you guys are gonna steal the uh, the printer or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff Bezos looks like a looks like a racist penis, so you know. And um so long story longer, the guy does some kind of magic and then he's like, Well, you don't have to return the book and we're giving your money back. And they sent me an email, like I'm like, Well, you know, I'm gonna keep an eye on my shit. If I don't see that money pop back onto my credit card, we're going to have an issue. Because I'm like, well, I have somebody. Like, Normally, I would just use that as the book. Because my wrestling books don't leave the house. Because they're all so... Wrestling books go from new to extremely rare and expensive like in a day. Quick. None of my wrestling books leave the thing unless I have a copy. And I was like, well, I could beat up the copy and everything. And then I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, so probably tomorrow, I gotta you gotta you gotta resend me your address. I'm gonna send you the copy that Amazon gave me of the okay. to I'll you. Read that. Yeah, I'll yeah. Read well, that's that. why I figured. I figured you know you can read that. You want the book, so I'm gonna like it's reseal the little package they sent it in, and just you know take it to the thing tomorrow, and mail it to you. You will probably get it by Friday if I mail it tomorrow. Shit, um, I'll probably so be that's, at you by oh, and, next week. I probably be at work. But... <laughs> so, so the thing is, um, well, I'm a I'm a weirdo. I think I said I'm a bibliophile. Like being a bibliophile is different than loving books. <laughs> like the chic book, mm -hmm. I I wash my hands obsessively when I read certain books to make sure that like no smudges and I have to polish. You know, there's yeah. a whole deal. But see, I was like that with comic books. And, and oh, yeah. all my comic books got lost. I, I want to hopefully it, as the years go more in my favor and I make more money, I would like to go back to collecting comic books. And being collector is like, all right, well, it got to be one thing. And comic I, books a little bit more involved. One, I had Spawn one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, and what happened was with um, family and shit can be, and can be ain't shit sometimes. We had lost my mom's house and we had to put everything in the uh, Oh, I know where this is going. And and the storage unit fucked up or something and like took all your no, shit. No, we just we just were able to keep up with the storage unit. And what was so fun and um so they ended up like just selling everything, I guess just you know, Yeah, they yeah, yeah, they auctioned. and oh, I, oh, I've yeah. had that happen to me twice. The first time I didn't even owe them that much money and they and I lost like pictures, I lost yeah. stuff that could never be replaced. I mean the comics that I lost, and I lost comics in both incidences with mm -hmm. the storage unit. The comics can, if you're willing to pay the money and do the, yeah. the footwork, you can replace. Replace the comic books. But, you know, comic books are a little bit more involved. Um, yeah, so with books, and books are kind of... I can even replace, because, like, I had these, these comic books called Oriental Heroes, which you can only be found in one comic book store in all of North Carolina, which is what I always used to go to in Chapel Hill. And I had like one through fifty, and I had three more that I was looking for to finish. I guess to finish all the way up to I guess to sixty, and I ended up losing that comic book, those comic books. And I was like, man, yeah. I have I, some. Like I have like the entire. I have some that I somehow managed to survive my last move from New York. I have like the entire Secret Wars series with the appearance of the ooh. black costume for the first time. You know, and that's you know, and I have some other stuff that has more yeah. sentimental value than probably financial value. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm gonna... I lost uh, when Batman got his back broke, 
the whole oh, series. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. I had that, that whole happened. series all up, all the way up until the end when he came back and fought yeah. Adriel to get his suit back. <laughs> well, and that's um, that's why I said on the show, I think a couple episodes back, and I'll say it again here in case I didn't. If a book comes out like a wrestling book, um, you know that's has any remote effort put into it, and or is on somebody that you. Like somebody of like uh so for example the Jimmy Valiant book went from thirty five bucks that I kept putting off getting is now like one hundred fifty six because now you unless you like meet Jimmy Valiant himself you can't you got to go through a seller, yeah. um and then the other one was Brutus Beefcake's book which I forget I think it was during the pandemic or whatever but it was one of those books that I knew like okay you know I probably should jump on this regardless of it's whether it's a good book or not and now that book is like fifty seventy five because a lot of times you only do one print and then once that's sold it's sold like um uh, i have one book i got recently uh bluegrass brawls and that one went from just always being around to all of a sudden now it's become a harder harder to find and 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 the price is going up the kamala biography which we will also at one time soon cover on this show i bought that for 25 and now it is again out of print and you and so now it's automatically like three figures. So with wrestling books, uh, anyone that like had looks like it might be of any interest or has or is somebody that writes wrestling books or whatever, just get it, pay the cover price because and wait. If you have the extra money at the time, buy two or three copies and put one on your bookshelf and, and wrap up the other two and just set them in the closet. And then, you know, you could, you know, that that also entered my mind with this extra sheet book but then i thought you know this book is um ecw press is different and mm-hmm. this book is was so popular out the gate that they're gonna probably do a second printing so yeah. i was like fuck it i'll give it the kavanaugh he would at least the book would be appreciated and you know have yeah. it at home um so yeah that I, was, just finished, I just finished the original black pamphlet that 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 book was very good yeah yeah um uh why am i blanking on his name because i don't have it right in front of me um John Cosper is a yeah. really good writer and he, you know, he, he, there's a certain art to writing and, you know, he really has it and it makes just it easy. It's a fun read and it's an easy read, but he, he crams a lot of information in yeah, and, and it's, and that's a talent, you know, that I don't think, you know, gets, so I will say that about John Cosper is that he has the ability to write he could give you all the facts and give you all the detail, but it's like a fun read and it moves. There are people, you know, uh, I mean, various famous authors that it's like, it's like, it's like eating dry crackers in, in humidity. It's like, uh, my God, you know, and it's and being a lover of books. You try to muscle, muscle through it. And it's like, Holy fuck. Um, so it's a real, he has a real talent and a knack for writing, which, you know, he's a great historian, but also I don't think he gets enough credit for being a good writer. Yeah. Uh, so shoot. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling. Uh, I'm not going to do the loud intro that I normally do because that's, that's on the intro that y'all just heard. And today, um, we're going to be joined a little bit later by Gerald Roberts. Y'all remember him from one of the previous episodes when he came in. We reviewed WrestleMania. And today, we're going to review WrestleMania Backlash, as well as discuss some interesting things that I've been seeing developing when it comes to Ring of Honor, which we'll get to in the Pro Wrestling Smoke section in a few minutes. But first, 
We want to catch up with Mr. Billy Pilgrim, our wonderful host, about his trip to Exotica. Yeah. Um, we do want to hear that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it was actually, I've been to three, and this by far was the best one. And I've already resigned myself. I'm going to Miami, and I'm looking forward to it. Miami really does it the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that reminds me, i got to get my hotel room this week for that one. But um, uh, I, I'm going into Miami with no expectations. That's how good Chicago was. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I uh, want to say a quick thing to the, to the listeners. Um, I've been unusually busy and Kavanaugh, again, doing uh, 803 shows and, uh, <laughs> and also being an honest, hardworking, blue-collar man. We've been off schedule a little bit, but we're going to correct yeah. that. Uh, we used to have midweek meetings, but with yeah. his, like, 937 shows, he's been a little busy. So, And I, and I try not to – because I know he's working and he's, he's – And since you also know you were going to be going to Exotica. And yeah, to- and, and also so, I try to I try to bend to your schedule or at least you know like your mm-hmm. schedule because you're 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 the hardest working man in podcasting. Plus, like I said, you're, you've got a family, you got a beautiful wife, you got you know all this other stuff going on. Thank you. And I understand that the time of the day. So we're going to be going back to the midweek meetings, and we're going to be back on a regular schedule. Um, yeah. But with Exotica, yeah, it it started off rocky. Because uh, I had uh, a, a scene get canceled uh, because of a medical emergency, and I don't want to say the town's names. I don't want to give uh, personal business out, but she had yeah. canceled. It was a legitimate reason, and I, you know, it was like, okay, that's obviously it's not a, you know. And then I was supposed to meet, uh, do something with Paisley Hayes, mm-hmm. and she was also at the same time having a, a really chaotic rush start to. Uh, Exotica at the exact same time, and we're and we're kind of talking, and we're, and we're both being kind of c- cankerous. And I, again, the last couple of weeks have been rough for me, and I've been very frustrated with my career and just everything else. So I was like, I, like, if this trip goes for shit, I really don't know how much. I mean, like, I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, like, really, I was gonna have to have a come to Jesus meeting and be like, okay, can I? I mean, if this trip doesn't go well, what the fuck? But um, spooky. Uh, you know, at least her Twitter handle is Spooky Fat Brad. I prefer. Yeah, I talk about. Yeah, uh, she is beautiful, and she, we. It was my first time working with her, and she was gorgeous, and easy to work with, and fun, and sexy as fuck. And we had a great shoot, uh, and it was filmed by uh, Crystal Blue, and mm-hmm. and you know that set the tone, that reset the tone. It was like a restart, and uh, you know I don't normally like to give. Uh, uh, super graphic details, but I did make her squirt, which is always a nice first impression to make on a on a girl, you know. Oh, and, she, yes. and she was tired and kind of a little a little uh, banged up in the sense of like traveling and and you know late night already. You yeah. Know? And but so the fact I was able to pull that off, that's a nice little impression. But we, I am probably going to drop that scene next month, and um, it's it's really it was it was really good and it set a great tone. And then I went to the expo I, I sprung for the three-day vip thing and um i met you know like networking couldn't have gone better like a lot of really big names started following me on social media and i actually got to interact with them like you know like alex cole and uh, miss dandy and uh super super nice uh ladies you know like i was really impressed with all the women working the expo because i love if you're my fan, I love you and I'm appreciative and I hope I get to the level where I get to have a booth or something 
uh, or, or whatever. So where I can meet my fans and I'll sit there all day and shake hands and take pictures and talk to fans if they want to talk to me. But the thing that really amazed me that night as I walked around, cause I was there for like four or five hours. Um, the, uh, the, like not a hair out of place, not a, not a makeup smudge. Like they didn't look exhausted. They didn't look tired. They looked pristine and perfect. Like they just showed up. And they were engaging. Like Alex Cole is a goddamn machine. If you don't follow her, go follow her. If you don't know her stuff, go watch it. She's just a really, just really great talent. But all these ladies were just flawless the entire time. And I'm like, that is, that's what a star does. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I hope one day I get the chance to work a booth so I can meet fans. And I'll, like I said, I would stay there all day. But by the end, I'm gonna look like, you know, Gollum with a hangover. It's like, it's going to wear, you're going to see the wear and tear, but I'm going to be in that moment with you because I'm so appreciative, but I'm going to look like shit by, by like a person 200. They're going to be like, should we call you an ambulance? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, it's, <laughs> is, it, is, is that thing on your neck? Are we supposed to pulse like that? No, it's fine. That, I call him Herbert. He's good. He's good. He's happy to see you too. Say hi, Herbert. You know, um, but yeah, so Got to make uh, some people, more people than I actually, I was very surprised how many people knew who I was. Um, and, you know, and then the next day was the big day. I had three shoots and uh, with the biggest, the most important one being at the, uh, the last one of the day, I shot finally with Sarah Starr, who cool. is based out of New Orleans and Man Fury, yeah. really good uh uh, a photographer and a camera person. A long time ago, it never came to fruition. Yeah, he he's a really great talent, and uh, he filmed us. But she, her and I have been trying to do this for like years now with the pandemic and everything. But she is gorgeous, and and it was just, I it was basically I was like I don't really want to do a plot. I just want to dive into it because I've been waiting like almost two and a half years yeah. for this, and it was. You know, it was amazing, and she's amazing. Um, you should probably try to get her on the show. She's she's just a ball of personality. Yeah, to or if you have to talk to her again, just put a book in the ear for us. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw, uh, yeah, um, I will totally. And then later that day, I worked with Ruby Sinclair. I worked with her before, and yeah. she has kind of a Jessica Rabbit, like I just came off the red carpet kind of look to her when she gets all done up. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I had my my partner and producer, Carrie from Salacious Perceptions, record us. And because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, kind of re up, I'm trying to raise my brand. I'm trying to raise my level. So mm-hmm. I like having camera people on set. And uh, we got it. We had a really good scene and that went uh, really well. Um, you know, and I love Ruby. And then the big event of the entire weekend, um, uh, well, actually the second, you know, the first event, the second biggest one, I kind of almost, I met Sean Lawless and the producer of uh, Plumper Pass and, you know, kind of did some networking there and it went very well. And I was very Mm -hmm. encouraged because like every time I passed by him after the initial conversation, like he was engaging in eye contact and like, you know, we kind of chatted several more times as I pass by, if we happen to bump into each other. So that gave me, you know, like, okay, good. You know, like it's one thing, another thing. If every time you're in their hope of vision, they're like, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that was the thing. I'm like, good. He, every time he walks by, he's acknowledging me and smiling. Um, but uh, I got to shoot an audition 
with uh, Blush Erotica, which is mm. a really high end company. They do very high end. Uh, yeah, Blush Erotica, big smoke buddies, smoke buddy. I got to bring him back on. Well, the uh, center photographer. Uh, yes, yes. I'm not gonna lie. If that was the best environment on a set that I've ever been in, I'm not joking, and that's not even exaggerated. I'm not even playing kiss up. I'll kiss up to his to him in a minute. Um, but he, like, if I could get that vibe and that just overall environment on every single set, I'm not lying. I would, win, I'd be winning AVN awards like every year, like they were prizes at the county fair, because mm-hmm. it was just so at ease. You know, like the energy involved him and his and his lovely wife, and um, like I already shot twice that day, and it had been a long weekend already. But it just none of that came into play. They had this amazing talent for me. Uh, Princess Dandy, who also, I think, uh, I'm going to drop a thing. It'd be like, hey, you should do the show. She is this beautiful uh, BBW, and she's also does, like, a, she's like a dominatrix. It does, like, a lot of fetish stuff. And we just had great chemistry off the bat. And we did two things that night. We, I mean, the audition, everything couldn't have gone any better. The only way it could have been better is if he had taken a contract to just put it on the counter. Like, I want to just... I want to sign you exclusive for the next year. That's the only way it could have been better because we instantly vied with cinematographer and, and her and I were on a thing and we did something really unique. Uh, uh, it was a great audition for me because we did two things in just a hair over an hour and mm. we both, and we knocked them out and they were perfect. Uh, I did a virtual reality POV with princess Dandy. And it was very interesting because the camera it looks basically like the stand that you put your lights on with a little box, like a little box on the very tip of it. And essentially as a guy, you lay down flat and they lower this thing like an inch or two from your face. So you can't speak and you cannot move your head. So you have to lay flat. You can kind of move your hands, but that's about it. So you just got to stay there. And, uh, I was there, I was in it, uh, and she talked through the entire 10 minutes because she was doing the narrative and she did an amazing job, but I have no idea what it looked like because all I could stare at was the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a little nervous about that, uh, but it went amazing. And uh, I found out after that that was the first time he had tested the equipment and and, like made a go of doing a virtual reality scene. Mm -hmm. And he was, that he was thrilled with the, with the demo that we did. (sighs) He was absolutely thrilled. So I was like, all right, good bonus points. And then, um, and in Exotica, it's always like, you gotta, you gotta move, you gotta move. It's, it's just, it's, there's time and then there's Exotica time. So then we immediately got into doing the scene and, uh, you know, uh, Princess Dandy is a natural uh, as far as doing porn, but she is relatively new to the, I guess we'll just say regular porn. She does a lot of fetish stuff. She's very good at it. Uh, but you know, so I was like, you know what? And again, I want to, I'm trying, like one, we hit it off, but I also always want to make my co-star look the best it can. So it's like, if it helps, cause I didn't know the level of her experience. I'm like, you can dominate me for the first half of the scene and you could do whatever your experience. So I put myself in your hands. Uh, the only thing is don't make me like too much of a, like, I can't be a sissy and don't make me too much of a bitch because then we have to do the upswing where we go into me fucking you. And so, you know, so I trust you to lead that first half of the scene. 
and we did everything in one take um and it went perfectly and uh we had again amazing chemistry she's she automatically jumped to like like at the top three of my favorite people performers to work with um and we didn't like i said we didn't have to stop she gave me all the right signals and i just like followed her lead because you know she started out dominant and it was kind of like a power struggle and he was very happy which is always important and his wife is incredibly awesome she has this amazing energy that just makes you feel welcomed and almost like you know like basically if the feeling of your mom giving you like a hot bowl of soup on a cold day when you're sad were uh, a person like that's her like that's like that that level of like warmth and you know just kind of like you're you're welcome and you're secure so they were amazing people and they uh, a couple days later they sent me an amazing uh, DM and I've never, I mean, you know, kind of almost brought a tear to my eyes. So like, I'm going to shoot for blush erotica. That's one of the things I've been wanting to talk about. Same thing with plumber pass. I kind of spilled the beans on that one. I haven't shot with them yet, but you know, it's on the right track, but, uh, blush erotica was one of the things, uh, that was kind of on deck and they are going to use me. It's just, they're not sure when, um, and they really were impressed with my <coughs> acting and I was on such, and, and again, the fact that we did two things perfectly in one shot in ba- a hair over an hour, uh, and, you know, because you had to throw in like trying to do paperwork after you. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was I couldn't like I said I couldn't have asked, and it was amazing, and I can't wait to work for them, and they and they make the kind of stuff that I what I want to do. So, and then so that was like incredible, and we went out to the to the host hotel bar where all the industry was and kind of hung out there for a while uh with the crew and and again did some more socializing sunday i was supposed to shoot and i kind of i didn't get a chance to i was it's a long story but i was waiting and i never got the call from the producer um but again more networking met more amazing talent on the expo floor and uh and essentially like one of the things you know I was kind of annoyed. Normally I would have been annoyed that the shoot didn't happen because that was one of the reasons why I traveled to Chicago and I, and I didn't book anything on Sunday cause I never got a clear schedule. So like I, by the time I found out it was too late to try to book anybody. You recommended a girl. I came, I'm blanking on her name. Lola. Yeah. Lola. I wanted, yeah, yeah. I wanted to shoot with her. I really did. Um, but I owed uh, a loyalty to uh, my producer you know, and, and I wound up meeting the talent I was supposed to shoot with, which kind of was sad because we really hit it off. And it was kind of sad that we didn't get to shoot. But I kept I had her and several other people wanted to shoot with me. But I'm like, I waiting to hear on the shoot on Sunday and, and and it never came about. And then by the time it did, it was too late in the day. And then it was like, well, I only get to see this person, this one particular person ever so often. And we have not had a time to spend time together. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right. So I didn't get anything done on Sunday, but other than some more networking and mm-hmm. uh, to any aspiring male talent at your first exotica, here's a little insider tip. If you meet you know, get the VIP, spring for the VIP thing, because, you know, it doesn't mean you're automatically talent, but it definitely helps. Uh, but also, when you meet a female talent, say hello, blah, 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 and be nice, be polite, uh, you know, let them, whether they want to leave with a hug or a handshake, talk, chit-chat, be professional, be business-minded, don't 
you know, because again, these are women that are like, they work for browsers, they work for, you know, Reality Kings, they work for Team Skeet. Don't like, hey, can we shoot together? I'd love to shoot with you one day. Just talk about, you know, like, hey, how are you? How's everything going? Da 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 da. And then keep it moving, like short and sweet, professional, and keep it moving because they're working. Technically, you are too, but they're working at a booth, they're making money, they've got fans to meet. So, a little hi, how are you? My name is so and so. You know, how you doing? You're a great talent. I love your stuff. Blah blah blah. And then you move, um, and leave a good impression and just keep it moving. Don't don't dawdle. Um, but I had a moment uh, at in on Sunday uh, where I would have normally been annoyed about the shoot on Sunday, especially after meeting the girl because she was pretty awesome. Um, that the thing that. Uh, the thing that kind of came out of the whole exotica was that like, like the temperature definitely changed. Like, you know, that the way the temperature changes before a storm hits, that things like definitely shifted in a direction. Things from today going forward are different. And it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's all kind of the landscape change in a good way. And it was kind of surreal because, you know, like I've been pushing for something like blush and it's going to happen. I wish it would happen tomorrow. Yeah, but blush, blush is I like this shit, especially because it's kind of old school with it, and they put the 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 voice over over top of the sex scene. Yes, which, yes, and they and they said the same thing that I'm like I'm um I met a talent and I was you know and uh, her name is kind of hard to pronounce. I'm not so I don't want to slaughter it. Um, uh, I, I'm learning how to say it properly on a regular basis, but she was incredible. And I, we were talking and we kind of finally met and whatever. And I mentioned my Halloween idea because she's big into cosplay and horror. And I mentioned this idea that I've been wanting to do. And before I could finish the idea, she's like, I want to do that. And I actually <laughs> had to stop myself from going, well, you realize I'm going to be the guy in the scene. because, <laughs> Well, because the thing is, I want just there's a lot of people in the industry I would love to work with. And it's not going to happen for several reasons uh one sometimes you just don't fit their brand or you're not the guy type of guy that they work with um so i was like uh yeah and ironically you're the one i kind of wanted for this scene i mean i want you to be a part of my halloween project regardless but this is the kind of scene that i used you as a visual when i was putting it together so i'm starting i would have did it today i would have went to the the, the art craft store and all the other stuff to kind of start researching building the set and everything but I, we had to record the show um, but it was like, okay, wow. I was just, I was content with you following me on Twitter and us kind of getting along. Uh, and then you jump in with this. Um, I'm in, I'm down for that. And I introduced her to Carrie and Lyric and, you know, and, and everything, you know, um, and also, oh, uh, another thing that actually kind of was a hit that I'm okay. I'm on, there's like several things been happening that are like, okay, I guess I'm more on the rise than I realize, or I've hit a different level and I haven't realized it yet. One, there was some weird bullshit drama involving me where I would explain it now on the show, but it's, we're already 33 minutes in and it's our, it was so convoluted. And like, how the fuck did you get here? That I was like, I had to literally walk the girl that, that brought it to my attention like literally walk her through like for five minutes of what the reality of the situation was, which, mm. and, and the best part about it is the female talent that uh, thinks I talk shit about her. I never, I not only have, I never talked shit about her. We have never spoken and we followed each other. About, 
we follow each other for about five minutes on Twitter until I noticed she unfollowed me. And, and I, and that's a pet peeve of mine. Like if you, if you're a talent, you want to unfollow me, go ahead. But like, don't leave me following you. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, I never, we never even literally, we'd never spoken a sentence to each other. I met her at Exotica and I said, hi. And her hi was kind of contentious and I didn't know why. And then I found out like 20 minutes later, oh, that's why. Uh, and I, we, we talked about that off, off the show, but mm. yeah, it was just weird. And I'm like, you know, I know you got to watch what you say on set and everything, but it's like, I didn't realize that now it had to be a mime, that innocuous stuff. When you talk about the industry, about and nobody in particular, that, okay, now people are going to take what I say and put it into a package and then slap somebody's name on it and like, you know, mail it to somebody. It's like, what, like, really? Like, are you that crazy? Um, and the other thing was that kind of it, it, it hit me when the third person said this to me was uh, like three BBWs came up to me, uh, two that I that I've actually worked with and I've praised and and we always work with if like, you know, if they you know, you can't work with everybody every time you see them. But it's you know, I have a thing of if, if I like you and you need me to shoot like three scenes in a day with you. And then I see you a month later and you need another three scenes. I'm happy to do it. Doesn't mean we're going to release them all in one day. Um, but three BBWs came up to me like, don't either. They said, don't forget about us or don't stop shooting with BBWs now. And I was like, I didn't realize I was going anywhere. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, am I moving? Like what's going on? And, and for those who don't know, it is a thing where guys who start in the industry will film with BBWs. And then the second they get in with like a blush, and then or, they stop. They 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 stop filming with BBWs. Yeah, they, once they get in with companies or like bigger producers or whatever, they jump to filming with like the Maddie Collinses and the, you know, and all the little ones of the industry or like you know the, the the bigger names and so on. And I was like, I have been two things from the beginning of catching people's attention that I've been consistent mm -hmm. with is one, I always shout out and give thanks to people that have helped me like i'm where i'm at right now like danica denali uh uh carrie from salacious perceptions lyric sky team vp media uh mr nuts aka uh for, you know like but i if these people because it, it, to stop you dudes don't have to do that and it won't hurt their career um it's just they're afraid that the women that they're trying to attract may not want to work with them because I done ran into that where you might have a small girl and she sees you work with a bunch of BBWs and the first thing she hollers is, well, do I fit what you're looking for? I don't fit your site. I'm like, it ain't got shit to do with you being small. If I want to work with you, you fit what the fuck I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, exactly. I make up ideas. Like, I, that actually happened. I met Melissa Johnson and she's a big deal. And yeah. she and, and she was like, you know, she was kind of shy. It's like, do you want to? I'm like, I work with everybody. It's it's you know, the reality is I I like I do like curvy big women, but I like all women. So like yeah. the, my path in porn led with them first where, uh, you know, somebody if I would have started with the companies, I would have started with the little 90 pound, you know, girls. I want to work with everybody and every age group. So some of that, when I work for a company, they're going to put me with where I fit or yeah. what, what, what image they want me to be. Whereas when I shoot my own thing, I'm going to, I'm going to bring in who I want. So I want to work with everybody, but 
it is a thing in the industry, but two things that I've been consistent about to starting to get people's attention and gain momentum is I've always praised the people that, like I said, you know, carry slice perceptions and all these other Danica Denali. Mm-hmm. I always give them credit because I'm doing these things. And there's a couple of big companies that are now on their radar. And it's because of these people vouching for me. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, I've always praised and said, I will always work with BBWs because again, another reason why I'm here, why I have the show, why I'm doing this and so on and so forth is because of BBW. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to work with Plumper Pass. You know, I would, yeah. I, 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 you know, I want to work, I'm going to work with them forever. And, you know, and um, I, I, and it's kind of funny uh, because that he would say that because I've always been very clear because I know that's a thing that guys will abandon them a second, but I've been like, Championing, but it's kind of funny also that I've kind of hit a wall with trying to shoot with new ones because mm-hmm. it's it's like a weird like kind of it's kind of slowly slow down trying to meet and work with new BBWs. So that's why I was kind of very happy to work with Spooky and Sarah. So that hey, mm-hmm. could you sh- spread the word to maybe a new va- vine of, of performers because you know there is that ongoing thing of. Oh, there's no, there's not enough white talent, or white talent's so rare, or it's hard to find good white talent, or whatever. And it's like, no, actually, there's a lot, and they're there. It's that either they're held to a different standard as far as, you know, that you required them to have a certain standard or a status before they you work with them, or they're in no particular hurry to work with you. We I had a conversation yeah. with a producer uh, while I was out running errands, and we talked about a talent that swore up and down and was so happy to meet me because she needs white male talent and she was like oh and i'm like hey let's become partners we can you know because i'm trying to work i'm trying to do this particular style of porn and i'm and i want to make it a brand and i want to you know whatever i have goals let's do this that was months ago and um i ironically uh, I'm going on a on a, a road trip at the end of the month to shoot more stuff with like Christy Wett and some other uh, you know really great people, and he's like, yeah, he's not, she's not gonna make it. I'm like, she was never, I never, I heard that she might be there, but I knew for a fact she was not gonna be coming. And you know, again, we talked about this, and I'm not mad at it, but it's like I'm kind of tired of hearing it. It's like, look, I get, I get it, but you know, it's again if i i need more content with spanish women and more content with asian women and more content with like different you know like older women mm-hmm. and so, on and so forth so when that chance is offered to me i'm gonna do everything i can to get it on set. yeah because i wanted to work with asians indian i had opportunity to work oh, with some hispanics i have a lot of i am I have a lot of if any producers listen to this i have a lot of indian and pakistani fans and uh they keep asking me like would you work or would you you know and i've dated indian women and 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 you know kind of uh see it's hard to find them that's the point mm. if they're willing to work but yeah yeah because it's a cultural thing same thing with like arab women i like all like you said i like all women so that is something i've been looking into or if, if there's a, a like an indian pakistani arab woman they usually jump right into working with a company they don't really do the content creator yeah thing. Um, but I'm totally like if you're if you're a female performer uh, from East in, East uh, Asia or what or you're yeah, Arabic, yeah, you should try to hit up Sarah Arabic or, or I, my girl Sam Singh. I tried 
I followed her a couple times. I could never get her to follow back. And I kind of reached out a few times and just like no response. I know of Sarah Arabic, but I was like, I don't know if either she just never saw me trying to get her attention or if it's one of those things where I have yet to reach the plateau to where she would. And this is not a knock on her. Please don't don't think that I'm, you know, because she's gorgeous. But it's one of those things where, uh, again, you kind of. It's it's a weird thing. Uh, like I, I I've been hearing stuff about people talking about me, and saying good things. Uh, and so you know it's kind of a weird moment for me where uh, things are in things are buzzing, but I'm not fully aware of it. So when people say things like "We were talking about you" or "Oh, this this girl was asking about you," and I'm like, "Oh wait, what? Really?" So I don't I don't have that thing of like, "Yeah, I'm a big deal." I'm like, I'm, I'm it's more like, "Wait, what? I am? Wait, I'm, I'm kind of become what? Huh? Me?" You sure? Are you sure? Billy. B I L L Y P I L. Really? Billy? Yeah, really? Okay. That's just, <laughs> you know, but um, I would work with Sarah Arabic in a New York minute. Uh, but again, I have yet to, and she was at Exotica and I totally missed her, but yeah. we had not had a reason. We, we just haven't crossed paths in any way, shape, or form. And I haven't been able to get her attention. And I don't like to be obnoxious with that shit. But it, yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, and like, again, here's the thing. There are out there, and it, what happens is one of two things happens with white male talent. They either start their own little company, which I'm in the process of doing, and they just do their own thing, or they jump into the companies, which I am. I am finally got a toe in the door with Blush Erotica, and I am literally running towards the mainstream paid shoot thing with my arms flailing like Kermit the Frog yelling. Um, and it's a thing of, you know, it's just easier. And it's it like, and that's where you're going to get the work. It's not, you know, I, I'm sure some guys like can't like look at a Marley daily and go, I can't handle that. Or they get intimidated, but you know, I want to work with all different types of sizes, but you can't, if you're able to shoot, you, you really, I'm not going to wait around like nine months or something like that when there's no reason to wait nine months. So I'm like, I get to, okay, I'm not a priority. So I'm going to put you on the back burner by, by proxy and, you know, and, and again, it just got I don't get mad. I just kind of roll my eyes when I hear people say it. And the mm -hmm. ones that actually mean it are the ones that call me back or book me. So it's like, oh, you really do need, you know, my look or whatever. Um, but, yeah, any Spanish talent, Asian, uh, Indian, Pakistani, uh, over 50, over 60, uh, you know, any little uh, spinner types. I'm down to work with anybody. And I got a great team of producers with me now um and uh i'm associated with a lot of great talent so like we can make fire shit so hit me up i am the literally the easiest guy in the industry to book you ask me and if i and then you tell me a date and then i say yes and then i write it down and then that's it uh and i don't do games because games don't pay if i wanted to do games i would become a host and you know like center square says you know, uh, but yeah, that's so that was the whole experience. Um, I'm definitely feeling a lot better about my career and yeah, definitely very positive. And um, like I said, things are now kind of happening where, you know, once I once that I'm able to shoot official scene with blush and that had that come out, that's gonna, definitely going to change um, everything for me. If I get plumper pass and some of the other stuff that's on deck and I'm waiting to hear. And again, it's all about time. You know, that's one thing. It's hurry up and wait in porn. And I'm just really grateful and happy. And I thrive better with a camera person on set. And I kind of thrive better. Uh, some people do better 
with just when they're the, the running of the show, that that was one of the things that happened with um, Exotica. I heard a lot of female talent talking about the difference because after the pandemic, there were all these content creators. And this is mainly for male talent where there's porn star, which I don't, I let other people call me that. I, don't, I call myself male talent, but I mean, it's like, okay, porn star. And then there's a, a content creator and porn star can kind of do both. But I, I thrive on a set with like lights and a camera person and people walking around and everybody being on the same page. Like I love that. And I could do, mm-hmm. you know, all my own with, you know, an Abby or the sake of argument, a spit queen. If I ever meet her, it's like, yeah, I can, we could do our, I have lights and, and camera equipment and everything, you know, um, whereas content creators, I've heard a couple of stories about guys showing up and they're not used to other people being there. And then like a camera person being there. And I've heard stories about some of the dudes having a little bit of an issue and that's not a knock. Cause if you're a talent of any grade, you have had that bad day on set, but it was interesting to hear, you know, like the difference. And it's like, well, the, there's some of them are going to get changed because they have a lot of fans and, and make some money. They're going to get offers from companies and one or two things are going to happen. They're going to thrive or they're going to fail. And they're just going to just, okay, I, I only do this because usually with companies, you have to do three scenes with them before you're really, you know, made and in the rotation, you got to get through three scenes. So they know, Oh, okay. This guy's okay. You know, this is the dude. We're good. We're going to put him in the rotation. And some of those guys are going to be able to do that. And a lot of guys, it's like, Oh, I can only do my thing my way where I have all the control Nothing wrong with that, but that's why I'm always been hesitant with the term porn star. It's like I feel like weirdly I've earned the right to call myself that, but I still prefer other people to say that about me as opposed to me just saying it. Whereas you know some guys like yes, you're not a porn star, you're a content creator, you're making money, be happy with that. Shit, you know. and fuck that, you porn star. And and with that. Now we need to move on to pro wrestling smoke. And you know how we started all, you know how we started off always. We started off with the sultry, sexy voice and wonderful words of one of the legends of the square circle. And I'm talking about the one and only Gordon Soley. So welcome to the Gordon Soley Poetry Hour, Poetry Corner. Welcome, friends, to another edition of Gordon Soley's Poetry Corner with your host, Billy Pilgrim and Kavanaugh. And it's so lovely that they have me here every week. And I'm really happy for Billy and his journey to Chicago. I knew a girl in Chicago. And, well, let's just say there's a reason why they called it the Windy City. But still, she was a fun gal. <laughs> up for anything. Uh, you know, just open a window. Um, so today, much we're going to talk about the narrow road. Preach to me a fire and brimstone. Tell me of hell and damnation. Show me the narrow, unpaved road to heaven. Lead me away from cards in the lucky seven. Cure me of drink and women. Improve my posture and stop my smoke. 
give me Graham on Sunday. Tip my money and leave me broke. My only comment will be, well, well, let's all go. And let's all go together into taking risks and going forward in life and living the best way we can with the cards that we have. And always remember, when a woman tells you to open a window, it's best to do it. Kavanaugh? Thank you, Mr. Soli, for another wonderful, wonderful poem. And I hope you enjoy your cognac and your drink at the bar. Oh, always, Kavanaugh, always. No doubt, no doubt. So, and everybody, also, for the listeners, Pro Wrestle Smoke will be back next Monday. We'll be recording sometime this week. So, for all you subscribers that have been saying, where the fuck is my Pro Wrestle Smoke? Hold on. It's coming. So. Yeah, uh, like we said, the long, and I knew the opening was going to be long uh, because of yeah. uh, going, to, going to Exotica. We're going to be back on track because I'm going to, uh, like I said, Kavanaugh, has 1,500 uh, podcasts and, you know, again, works a job and he's a good husband and, and everything and a family man. And I just been weirdly out of whack and just, you know, then busy. Um, so I'm going to force my, I'm going to impose my will a little bit more during the week and we'll go back to having the midweek meetings that were like a really good anchor for us. And, yeah. and hey. then next week. Uh, and again, we have Gerald here. Go ahead, go ahead finish, Billy. Oh no! And then next week, they one hundred percent. There will be the uh, uh, old, "Ode to the Old School" on the Sheik and and a review of the book by Brian um, R. Solomon. So uh, back to you. Yes, yes, yes. And we had just been joined by friend of the show, as well as the owner of the radio station that we are on, BGP, the BGP app. In the SGP radio station. I'm talking about Mr. Gerald Roberts. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. I got a lot is going on, even right now as we speak. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. But, but, but I'm good. Go How y'all doing? Huh? Doing good, doing good. Doing good, doing fabulous. Having a, coming off a pretty good week. Watch Backlash, which we will get into in a minute. And uh, what I wanted to talk about starting off is we're seeing the Ring of Honor starting to form because just recently we had uh what was it tony dapin dapin damn i can't think of his name the former television champion he was on aw evolution um plus for some of you people that don't know they've been underneath a rock them boys is the impact tag team champs uh the briscoes the brothers which, which is funny how they in impact, which pretty soon I'm pretty sure they're going to end up in AEW and back on Ring of Honor at some point. You think because so? they're still around. Yeah. All right. I got something yeah. to say about that later on. I got something to say. Oh, my God. Shoot, wait, 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 you can go ahead and say it now so we talk about it. Go ahead. You, you, said, you, think, you think that Bristol will be back on AEW? I think not AEW, but Ring of Honor. Okay, I don't think they're makes... back to AEW. Okay, it's okay. because... One, they're always going to be beholden the Ring of Honor. And two, I don't think Tony will be dumb to let them just get away. So even though he may can't have them on AEW, they still have Ring of Honor shows. And Ring of Honor may not even be on any of the TBS stations. You feel what I'm saying? And we, all, and we all know why they can't go on AEW TV, right? Because of, yeah. a, of a mean tweet from a decade ago that he didn't even mean and apologize for, right? <laughs> Is I'm sorry, this sensitive this sensitive error just makes no goddamn sense, bro. <laughs> yes. 
Because because at the end of the day, it's funny how people tripped off of these guys saying what they said, but then Matt Riddle, no disrespect to Matt Riddle, did not get fired and let go, and he was straight up accused of sexual assault. Yeah, but but it was a bogus claim though. Yeah. But I mean, but but even your boy had a bogus claim. They kicked his ass about it there. Who? From um the other side of MSK. Oh, uh, exactly. I forgot his name. The white yeah. guy, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which which I just saw now that he supposed to be starting his back in independence with Circle Six wrestling in Florida, in Orlando. I so it turned next. out to be a bogus claim? The Matt Riddle one, yeah. Yeah, the Matt Riddle one, yeah. You know, that that really bugs me. I really do believe that there should be, like, a very stiff, like, you should be charged and given, and if if found guilty, given a very stiff fine or sentence, like jail time. If you place, because here's the deal. Women have a hard enough time when the claim is real, just at every level of society, like, trying to, you know, uh, get the claim and charge it and everything else. When somebody... You know, like, okay, I get it. He didn't treat you like the princess that apparently you thought you are. But when, you know, and you want to fuck with him, well done. But here's the problem. When it comes out as bogus, now you've just given every asshole and every dick that, you know, that wants to, like, you know, roll their eyes and blow it off and go, eh, women in here. You just gave them a prime example and fuel for the fire. And I think, honestly... If you're ever gonna p- take somebody, rake them over the social media media coals, and you know hold them up for criminal prosecution, women who make fake claims about rape or sexual assault, it's like you gotta make you gotta take one or two and make them do like some time in jail or find the fuck out of them to set an example of like this is so not a joke. And there's mm-hmm. better ways to fuck with a dude than to like do that because and also unless he really did something extremely heinous. If he, especially now in the court of public opinion, even if you're innocent, like just being accused could yeah. devastate your life. Because there's some people out there. If I said Kavanaugh, you know, once kicked a cat when he was in tenth grade, even mm-hmm. even if there even if there's hard proof, like actual proof that he never even petted a cat, let alone kicked one, there's going to be people out there going, "Well, I'm not going to buy anything," or "You shouldn't have him on your, you know, on your show as a guest because he's a cat kicker," you know, and. His life should be burned to the ground, and she—he should live in a hovel, you know, and and not a, you know, not even in good dirt. He should live in a hole in the mm-hmm. ground in bad dirt. And so, it does bug me when women make false claims, and they and they just yeah. kind of get away with it. it yeah. Um, but 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 but, but kind of me, like I said, because even with Kimberly, who is dude's wife, it's kind of like everyone's saying that it's bullshit, but WWE still made the move, which I think they wanted to get rid of him anyway. Well, well, well they fired him because, um, because Kimberly posted a picture of him doing like a Hitler pose in, in the Nazi. And that what got him fired. That's what got him fired. Pose. Yeah. And, and he was a teenager at the time. I'm like... If it, here's the thing. A couple of years ago, Seth, one of Seth Rollins' girlfriends, you know, had artwork with the uh, swastika on it, and... Um, mm-hmm. And she and here's the deal, people. Nazis are interesting from uh, from a uh, a warning standpoint. You learn about them in history, so they don't ever happen again. But also, uh, they're no, no way cool, and they're, they're no way exotic. So like any kind of thing, it just don't joke. But I remember this dumb bitch uh, had art, and there's a there's different forms of fox intellectuality. 
where mm. people wanted pretender intellectuals and she tried to use the argument of like, well, you know, it's a uh, it's a Sanskrit symbol before it was a swastika and I'm allowed to have whatever I want in my will. And I was like, look, okay, bitch, can I call you bitch? Let me let me enlighten you on something. Um, I, I want you to come over here and uh, I'm going to open up a book that, that, you know, the thing you claim you claim to be re- to read. Uh, it doesn't matter what it was before. Uh, is. This is what it is. So any symbol, we all know that it was a Sanskrit symbol. We all know that it was turned around and then made into a symbol because of whatever reasons Hitler had. But now this is what it is. Okay. So uh, don't fuck it, have it on your wall, especially when you're young and have uh, a possible career and a lot of shit to lose. Uh, and you're not being edgy. You're not being intellectual and you're not being cool. Uh, you're just being an asshole. Uh, you know, it's just like with the rebel flag being southern. The rebel flag, mm. if people are now, it really does mean different things to different people. Like, it, but here's the problem: the be- rebel flag. If you take a step back and look at it, it's a very pretty. It's a very beautiful flag. It's a very nice looking flag. The problem is, you have to take a step back, clear your mind, and then look at it to realize how pretty it is because it it has a history. And it, ha- and it represents something. When when you look at it, it brings an image and a visual to your brain. And that is the problem. And you had 200 years to turn that around and make that something else. And guess what? You didn't do it, so you don't get to have it anymore. So if you're going to have it hanging from your truck or on your wall or whatever, people are automatically going to assume racist. Because that's what, you know, and it sucks. Because, it, again, very pretty and flag. What's funny? The perfect example of that was the new Dukes of Hazards movie that came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. when they were in the middle of traffic and they were wondering why everyone getting mad at us until, until and then the camera showed the top <laughs> with the, the, the and, and, and it's weird it's just one of those things that like look you had a, it's just certain things get changed I'm not going to lie the American flag I would I would hope to one day to own a home and I know some people hang the American flag over, you know, front of their house. I will never, I never will. Because when I look at the American flag, I think Republican, I think right wing, I think of all these mm-hmm. jerk offs that constantly, you know, like, and I think about all my friends of various colors and sexualities and everything. And it gives me a negative. I don't think of land of the free, home of the brave. I think of fucking people like Clarence Thomas and, and Trump and like, and like the old people on January 6th. And it's like, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's also now gone. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a period of time you have to maybe, reclaim that symbol and if you're not going to make a hardcore effort you lose it and that's what it is the swastika is what it is the rebel flag is what it is you don't get to have it and if you want to have it you take the consequences and that's it you know and people these young kids like you and i everybody i I don't know how old uh gerald is but you and i we grew up in the era where he's a baby (laughs) <laughs> we grew up in the era where uh, the disposable camera was a breakthrough in technology. And, and, you know, so it's and we also grew up in a different era, in a different time. So certain things don't rub us the wrong way. And, you know, and we get, well, you know, that kind of, well, this is the deal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but all these kids, you grew up online. You grew up having a camera and a video and being and having an online presence and so on and so forth. How do you guys fucking up this bad? This is your time. You should be so savvy and like, you know, in everything. It's like, you know, and how the court of public opinion just swings on a on a slight breeze. Like, I'm always amazed when young people say or do dumb shit. And it's like, you realize that this that's a mistake that Kavanaugh or I should make. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and but you guys, like, I'm a, you're 21. You you should be like a vet at this shit by now. I mean, if I wasn't in porn, and all my social media is all about my career, I'm thinking about opening up a TikTok. It's gonna be because of Billy. Like the real me does not have any interest in social media. And social media for me is about getting my name, you know, and I'm not going to lie. If I hit a level of popularity tomorrow where I didn't need it, fuck it. Uh, all that shit would just disappear. Um, and I would go anonymous and just have one for like one one basic account for like my friends and that's it. But uh, yeah, I just amazed with these um, the kids nowadays that they don't think before they put all this shit out there. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. I don't know. It was it, it was twenty seven. I was like a geeky little kid in the barber store in the barber shop listening to um them talk about how um how uh everything you're doing that's out there it's, it's never go away. It doesn't matter, matter if you lead or not, like whatever you do is out there, they're gonna find it if they look yeah. for it. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was like twenty years ago, don't think. Like... Yeah, because because think about it. They was finding shit that like with some so they were bringing up on some people, they were finding that shit like even with Kevin 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 Hart. That shit was a decade ago when he at the time when he said something about you know call it, it was just he he just called his homeboy you know fact it was just a joke amongst boys they were just doing it online and they found that shit a decade later after he already apologized for it so it's kind of like yeah it's like once in the cloud is out there so anyone thinks that after a while that Twitter deletes your old tweets no them tweets are still up because it's I still be getting. It's still out there. Not, yeah, because yeah, I still be getting retweets from shit that I tweeted two years ago. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, uh, what do you call it? I, I, whenever I work with somebody new that's thinking about getting into the industry, or they approach me, like, females, I'll still answer the question. I don't answer the question with guys anymore because they, I, I have a very boring answer, and then they all have the wrong response, which tells me I don't think you're going to make it, kid. But the girls, I'll still entertain the answer, like, the question of how do I get in, and I warn them. Like, look, you need to think, first of all, this is not an easy job. This is a very unique job. It's a hustle and a grind. Like I said, the girls at Exotica are stars and professionals. And just in life, like the way, the way they're able to, you know, just present themselves and, and maintain that look after hours of just constant interaction. Like these women are badasses. They are alphas. And even if you do a scene. Like I talked to somebody recently and she's like, I was just kind of what a bucket list. I'm like, I'm happy to do it. I'll even let you wear a mask because it'll be just you and me in the room. And I've done that before. But just know, even with the mask, it is out there forever. So like, even though the odds of somebody finding it are very slim, but you're working with somebody that is trying to become like the like a guy like, you know, like I'm I'm trying to be like one of the dudes that always his phone is always ringing. So by nature, you know, it might get found. If you, if you do one scene, like I, a girl I knew, uh, she worked with me under a mask and then she went and worked for score. And it's like, okay, well, you realize, and I tried to warn her, I'm like, okay, they're not going to let you wear the mask and it's score. It's like, you know, yeah. one of the oldest and best companies out there, period. And, you know, it's going to, and again, you should only get a couple scenes for him, but it's like, that's out there forever. And all it takes is one dude to like, there's a lot of girls that, they did one scene and I saw it and it's one, uh, it's always one of my go back to's when I'm taking care of business. And you know, there's like, Oh, one and done or whatever, but it's like, it's still out there. It's still findable. And if you are really determined to find the scene, you can find it. You know, it's like social media. 
you know, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a thing. Yeah, I done found scenes that I thought I lost thanks to so thanks to social media motherfuckers bootlegging. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, I done found a couple of them. I'm like, oh, damn, I, I miss I miss that when I need that. <laughs> and you know, the thing with the Briscoes, which you know they've atoned and they they've you know apologized and they have addressed the issue and they've never shied away from it when asked about it. And it's never happened again. So it's that thing of, I understand if somebody is going to continually have, like, you know, if somebody accuses you of stealing and then you get fired and, like, and then the stealing continues, then, or you go, like, the next 10 years of your working career, you've never been accused again. Odds are you're probably falsely accused. Um, whereas if you keep getting accused, like Roethlisberger, total rapist. Cause, and, and I've read in books and everything, like, this dude was a predator. And, you know, uh, it's like, okay, if you keep getting accused, especially the worse it is, and you keep getting accused, well, then you did it. You just haven't been properly caught yet. And, you know, it's it's like these guys have proven that they have evolved. You know, they've been around mm-hmm. the world. They've been in this business, you know, and um, it is just one of those and, things. And it seemed like they're wrestling around the AEW. That was so funny about the shit. Because like they was on end they on NWA, they on Impact, they on GCW, um, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, it, and and I know Tony wants them in AEW because he know what yeah. they can bring his tag team division. So trust me, I don't think that he let them get away from Ring of Honor too oh, easily. No, no, it's, it's, but you know, they, and also they have that intangible, like that level of over that Punk and Danielson have and FDR yeah. have, where they can go anywhere and they, they just have the goodwill of the fans. Like, Danielson is so beloved that people actually booed him properly when he was being a heel. Like, that is yeah. a level of respect. <laughs> That is a level of respect from fans, regardless of who's on what team and blah, blah, blah. Like, he was such a – I mean, it was like watching Rembrandt paint, and people were booing him. And I was like, that is about as high – other than basically offering to pay for the rest of his life and, like, just send him a check every month, that's the highest form of respect because, you know, nobody gets booed properly for being a heel anymore. And Daniels yeah. did it. You know, I kind of miss it. Like, I like I kind of like what he's doing with the black – Pool Fight Club, but I kind of miss him on his own being, you know, like an antagonizing heel. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, so, like I said, we seem like but surely the Ring of Honor roster is being put together, which I understand why they have it on TV, have they having the matches and, and the feuds on TV, because right now Ring of Honor don't have anything yet. But I'm pretty sure it is coming at some point. I'm pretty sure knowing Mr. Tony Khan, he is on some on some trajectory oh. to get them on TV, if not on some streaming service. Go ahead, Gerald. And I, it's funny. I think aside from the women, right? Um, Jade mm. and uh, who's the other the, the other AW champion? The, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Thunder Rosa. Aside from those two, right? I think mm. everybody, every champion from AEW, including the Ring of Honor ones, right, are like mm. a Ring of Honor guy. Am I wrong? Actually, uh, right. think about it. No, for the Ring of Honor. Well, all the people are, are like you yeah. mean. Well, I, I, like basically everybody that I mean, with the exception of Joe, uh, everybody's um, uh, an AEW like person. You know, uh, that's why I gave me a, a, like a kind of a a bad feeling in the very beginning because it's like, look, you gotta if you're gonna have 
Ring of Honor and you're going to at least do what you're doing now where you have them intermingling. You got to give Ring of Honor guys, especially ones you know, you know that are going yeah. to the brand, you got to give them wins. You can't pull an acclaimed on them because they like they have to get wins. You already put a, all, the, all the belts on all AEW people, but you need to, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a Ring of Honor person. Um, yeah, uh, but aside from um, uh, Lutz, what's, what do they call Lutz Express? What are you called? The guy yeah, 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 yeah. Are you talking, you talking about uh, the Lucha Bros? No, no, no. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh Jurassic uh, Jungle Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Express yeah. Aside from that tag team and Jade and um, Thunder Rosa, right? Mm-hmm. Every champion um, on, on, at AEW um, is a Ring of Honor guy. Some old Joseph. The, oh, the okay. I'm sorry. I see what you mean. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, I misunderstood what you meant. Yeah, uh, back when um, back when Adam Page was actually, like, tolerable, he was a Ring of Honor guy. And uh, before he became the Rhinestone Cowboy, uh, he, uh, you know... Riding the town in his Prius, he he was a Ring of Honor guy. Uh, Joe, uh, um, he's one of the OGs of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, well, he basically made that company more than anybody. I mean, he was like their third champion, but he was a champion for like almost two years. He was kind of, you know, and ironically, looking back, when he lost the belt, it was such a big deal because at that time nobody was mm-hmm. doing the long title reign. And oh, no. uh, so and it's funny who they had him lose to because he t- turned out to be such a dud. But at the moment, it, it was a big pop. You know, I mean, they kind of were the only ones at the time doing long title reigns in that mm-hmm. era because everybody got to be champion but in see, the early 2000s. Because even when you look at WWE, their top stars, majority of them was Ring of Honor guys. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the place where you knew you'd get a paycheck and get exposed. It was it was Ring of Honor, and then for a while, it was Ring of Honor and PWG. So if you were in one of those two companies, eventually you were going to wind up in WWE. Uh, as a matter of fact, it got to the point where if you won the Battle of Los Angeles tournament, that basically meant you were going to win the title and maybe be around for another year. But you were also on the super fast track to being signed by NXT. Um you know, there was a, a a little bit of period of time a few years back where, because PWG has always had long people like long title reigns. It was like, um, I think it was like one moment. It was um, Chuck Taylor was champion for like two minutes. Uh, and then the Ring of Honor it, champion? Huh? God. The Ring of Honor champion? No, uh, he was PWG champion. They just, oh, basically okay. he was their Stan okay. Stasiak for like five minutes. And then okay. Keith Lee won it, and then Walter won it. There was like a bunch of short title reigns because they all got scooped up by WWE. And then I forget who I kind of lost track uh, during the pandemic of like the title lineage. Uh, but they just they for there was a period of time where they were kind of reliving the territory days in like 1983, where they just could not keep anybody like they were making stars they were bringing attention like zach Ryder and you know and uh and and um oh fucking grimes and everything they were they were bringing and names to people but they couldn't keep them because they run once a month and then you know wwe is like hey we're well, the lowest pay you could possibly make is like 80 grand a year that's not even that's just base pay that's not counting anything else you might make so it's like it's hard to turn that down you know, and it, it, back then they were actually using people like you would actually get signed to NXT and you would actually get used and become a bigger star yeah. as opposed to now where 
I would only sign with WWE if I was still young enough and I wanted to buy a house. It's like, all right, I could give up five years of my life. And, you know, if I make it and just save my money and buy a house, you know, they're going to probably have me wearing a diaper and, and probably make me, you know, turn out that I'm like Sable's love baby from the future. But fuck it. You know, I'll be able to send my kid to college and buy a house. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So now, 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 now uh, some other news I want to get to before we get to the review. Um, Tessa Blanchard then pissed off another wrestling promotion. <laughs> that girl ain't what gonna you, never make it better. What she did? What she, what she, uh, apparently, you know, she the, her last chance was she supposed to be rehabilitation for her with Wow Women of Wrestling. And they had to shut down the promo class as she dragged some young girl called Americana. I guess for her promo, it was very nasty and mean. And they've been saying what a lot of girls have been saying for the longest, improving what a lot of girls have been saying that she's a complete bitch. And right now, it's kind of like, and mind you, Depot's been taping for the season because they already got the syndicated show set up. So they supposed to be uh, taping, and I think and she supposed to be in a major part of what they were doing because she was one of their biggest stars. So once again, Tessa, I don't know what it is about Tessa, but she just cannot get along with no goddamn. She is truly her daughter's. She is truly her daughter's father. I mean, excuse me. She is truly her, her father's daughter. daughter. Because I remember they said the same thing a lot about with Telly back in the day. That Telly, you know, had his issues in the locker room outside the horseman. So it's kind of funny how she kind of take took on after her dad. Well, Telly, we talked about it on the last show that Ollie was the quintessential heel and right behind him in that he could never be a baby face no matter how hard he tried. And yeah, the rumors are rampant about Telly. Tully was a great wrestler. He's one of my favorite from the eighties and um, it was a perfect heel, but it, a lot of that was, he kind of was that temperament. And unfortunately yeah. this, it, now the rest, especially wrestling is not as close a society as it was. Um, you can't do that shit. You know, Tully's downfall was when wrestling went corporate because he drew money. So people were willing to put up with him because he drew money. And then when wrestling went corporate and you had an idiot like Hurd. Uh, it just, you know, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so she's right now, possibly the only place she probably going to be able to go is to Mexico because they'll, they'll tolerate her ass, you know, period, which, which would be interesting because I'm pretty sure they'll throw in a few with her and Tanya Valkyrie. But her coming back to any of these promotions, whether it's Ring of Honor, I, I don't see it happening because she I mean, done fucked up and pissed off too many people. There's... You know, the thing is, basically, yeah, her attitude sucks. But, I mean, I've seen wrestlers do way worse and get brought back. Yeah. She just needs to, if she, like, sake of argument, if she goes to AAA or if she winds up in, like, stardom or something, you need to have a year or two where you need to pull off some amazing matches, rethink your gimmick, and just cut the shit. And then I could see uh, Ring of Honor or, you know, maybe even the WWE or somebody. Like, you really kind of just need to have... You know, and, and it, it might take an, a few extra years because, like, Jeff Hardy's gotten away. I'm amazed people still book him just from his history, but he's a nice guy and people genuinely like him. So, like, he was likable and nice before all this happened. So, you know, it's like you kind of have no goodwill to work on. So, you have to actually 
uh, work harder just to show everybody you changed. Yeah. You know. And she's going to have to do that because I don't think anybody even want to deal with not even WWE. So I know it's going to take a while for her to even get to that. So now we didn't got through all of that because I ain't worried about AEW but so much. Um, not? Oh, man. No, we didn't fuck it. We can touch on AEW. Oh, um, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I was just yeah. saying, um, oh yeah, I forgot. It's right. I, I, I've heard your show before. You guys, guys, really don't want, I kind of drag AEW and, and right yeah. please, so but uh, what's it called? I actually have a uh, what's it called? I'm actually oh, going it, to I, I, actually, I won't go drag AEW this week. Well, he drags it more than I do, but yeah. um, but uh, I also, really liked. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Speak what you about speaking, and I will say what I got to say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not, well, well, before getting um too much in, um too much into AEW um this this past week, I uh, actually got tickets to uh to the UBS <laughs> arena show coming on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know a guy. I know. I know a guy that know a guy that knows a guy didn't get me in the building. <laughs> no, well, well, I know a guy that works there. His brother does the tickets. He could have just word. Um, just like those um sticking a few. I'm saying he asked me like how much I need, like two, three, four, like uh just two, I guess. Just two. Shit, so, I wish I had that damn that's, that's what I'm gonna do on that's what I'm gonna do on Wednesday. I'm gonna go with my girl saying I'm gonna go watch some rest rascal wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. But yeah, you was gonna say Kavanaugh, you gonna No, nah, I was gonna say but since you wanna bring up AEW. <laughs> damn shame that Adam that Adam Page gave me the promo that I've been waiting for this motherfucker to give me since he done started there and he's gonna be losing his belt soon. You think it's a heel turn or what do you think? Oh for sure. He, he because let's be honest, who's gonna cheer him over CM Punk? And and two, it kind of to me, I always felt this. Adam Page, excuse me, yeah, Adam Page is a better heel than face. When he was the hangman, the heel hangman, it was golden. Especially when he was in Ring of Honor and with with Bullet Club. When they turned him face, made him a rhinestone cowboy, put him with the Dark Order, which one of them has been let go to Grayson, released. And um, which I which I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some more to come, but to me I like this Adam Page. You get what I'm saying? And I like the promo that he gave. You know, period. And it probably was smart to make him the heel in this because no matter how much of a babyface you're gonna try to make him, he's not going to get over as a babyface in this match. You think Punk is taking win the belt? For, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, the, the the reason why he's gonna win the belt is because one, Page had the belt long enough. You feel me? He's not Kenny Omega. I love Page, but he's not Kenny Omega. Okay. Two, ain't no way in hell you're gonna have CM Punk, who has a three year contract, who just said he said he's ready for the title. Now, mind you, you didn't put it on Daniel Bryan, which is understandable because you used Daniel Bryan to build Page. I don't see that happening with Punk. Because mm-hmm. Punk will bring so much eyes to the title. And on top of that, you got the Forbidden Door coming in. Right behind, I think, what? Right behind Double or Nothing. Yeah. So, okay. I think it would be a bigger draw if your main event, which has the AEW title surrounding it, CM Punk versus whomever versus Adam Page. That's the reason why Adam Page is going to give up that belt. 
And they dropped the ball so hard. They dropped the ball so hard on Ann Page that, you know, and, and honestly, the only people that can possibly get cheered over Punk is, I think, in my mind, like Omega and Danielson. Um, yeah. But yeah. it just, it, I mean, it's just not working. And honestly, if you want to, and, and once Page loses the belt, get rid of the cowboy shit. Like, get yeah. just just stop because it's not working. He looks ridiculous. He sounds ridiculous. That weird boo-boo face that he has. Like, he always looks like he's about to cry. Like, you ever get into a physical confrontation with a guy and you, the guy, you can already, like, you're already, you have the advantage. Like, the guy's already losing ground. And he gets the, he doesn't want to back down though, and he has that weird, like that, like he's trying to stop himself from crying. Like, like that's what he looks like, and it's just, it's gotten to the point where like, dude, I don't want to fucking see you on my TV, and it's and they need to take the belt off him because another month or two of this, there is no redeeming for me. It's like, look, I don't care if he's able to re rehabilitate himself. I don't want to see him anymore. Like all I'm ever gonna see is the rhinestone cowboy. Uh, you, you gave him. I don't know whose idea was it to go this lean into this much of the cowboy shit, but uh, it was not a good idea. He did not pull it off. Um, and you know, I'm not knocking him on that regard, but you know, it, you didn't give him anything to work with. It's and you didn't give him any like. And that's the other thing. When Punk wins, give him a feud. AEW has developed this bad habit of like the first opponent for a new champion is somebody that's been off TV random and then randomly attacks him and yet somehow now I'm the world it's like no no and you and it's blatant that you've been doing it with almost every new title holder and it's like you need to have viable contenders that have been on TV step up and also rematches if I lose something to either one of you we're having a fucking rematch at least one you need to give people the rematch and then a new opponent steps up and it's it's just common sense more than it is a wrestling thing but it's like you need to make this guy like this is the reason why he's our top guy, you know, and that's the deal. And they did, they, they, they just, they fucked him dry uh, on his title reign. You know, they took care of every other champion and they just were like, hey, we're going to do you dry with a running start. So just put your teeth and hold your breath. Pop goes to weasel, motherfucker. You know, it's like, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, what else happened on AEW this week? Um, of course, uh, of course, Blackpool, they won another match. They really building them up. I'm just curious to see who they're going to have them feud with, whether it's going to be a six-man tag or, or individual uh, matches. Um, of course, they're keeping the Jay Lethal versus building up, I guess, Jay Lethal um, and Samoa Joe. Yeah, which I'm kind of crazy how they just basically skipped over the fact that he posed me beefing with uh, a job of Grissom. Because <laughs> we haven't seen Grissom in a minute. Yeah. I know Grissom, I know Grissom, Grissom was Grissom. Yeah, I, I knew he was I, Go ahead. I think he's there, right? AEW, right? Yeah, he signed. He's definitely signed. I think yeah, when he was injured because he didn't show because he couldn't go to England for to defend the progress title. I basically would call him seeing him on dark. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know they have it on dark, but I, but kind of crazy that now the feud didn't turn to the television title, not the world title. So I don't know if it's because of Grissom's injury or they signed him late. Um, but I would have thought that they would have at some point. But then again, also Grissom has been injured. 
I know he had well, an injury and he couldn't go over to England. Go I didn't ahead. know he was injured, but the thing is, he's been a work machine. So, um, yeah. and like you said, they signed him late. So he might have to, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that, is, you know, if he tells you he's going to be there on the 17th of uh, June, he's going to be there. So he might be clearing up because he was everywhere. He wrestled in my living room the other day, you know, drew a great crowd, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's probably filling out all his dates and everything. And he's like me. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm happy to be Ring of Honor's back, and I'm happy to be part of AEW, but I can't just wrestle once a week. I need, yeah. like, that's, you know, like, if you sign me to a contract, I'll take less money per scene if you use me more in a month because I can't be left home alone. You know, I'll go nuts. So he's like a workhorse, which is what you want. So it might be injury on top of the fact that he has stuff that he has to uh, fulfill. But... Um, one thing that did jump out, you reminded me of that again, um, maybe is the sign that hopefully a change is coming, but, uh, the little thing with Arch Cassie and the giant, uh, like his buddies are getting the shit knocked out, uh, knocked out of them. And he's just kind of standing there and it's like, okay, dude, I get the gimmick, but your buddies are supposedly being beaten to death by a literal genetic giant. And then he jumps off the apron and it does like a stupid little pose. And it was like, okay, dude, look, I know people like you and I'm not even, it's not even about me, but the thing is hit a wall. You need, you need to evolve the gimmick. I'm not saying get rid of it, but it's either turn him heel or you got to evolve because I was like, why are you standing there? Like, fuck it. Your, your buddies are being disemboweled by like all these heels and you're just kind of like, I get it. You're cool. And you wear the Canadian tuxedo, but like, Come on. I'm not going to lie. I love Kavanaugh to death, and we're slowly approaching the level where I would help him move a body or take a bullet for him. But if I'm in a bar fight and I get my ass whooped, and he's just standing there going, wow, he's really taking an ass whooping. It's like, there's going to be another ass whooping on the ride home. When I'm, when I'm yeah, slapping sla- sla- the think shit out of you, motherfucker. Like, where are you? Because, one, okay, one, he's not ever going to win a title in AEW. Not right now. Because if, if they were going to do, they would have been put put one on them. They ain't even got him in the title feud. Um, and two, sometimes a person turning heel does wonders for their character. I would like to see Orange Cassidy as a heel. Me personally. Really? Yeah. Orange Cassidy as a heel? As a heel. Because I... it's... Hmm? Okay. Bobby? Yeah, yeah. No, the reason why, because it's kind of like, even though his character is well-liked, to me, if they turn him to a heel, one, it would change his dynamic anyway, because he might change his characteristics a little bit. Because, like I said, I like when, which I never had an issue with him putting his hands in his pockets, I know he's a great wrestler. But my only issue with him is when it's a feud, like when he had the feud with Jericho, and he had the match, and everybody think he was gonna put a hand in his pocket. No, he took the glasses off and went straight to Jericho's ass. That's what I like. They're not changing it up enough for me because at some point the man got to have a sense of urgency. See, for like for example, you see your boys getting handed to him, their ass is handed to him. At some point, time to break out of Orange Cassidy. Let's can, can, can we get that, that sense of urgency? Yes, and exactly. I think. That fans are getting tired of that because like I said the problem with his gimmick the same same thing that why Stu Grayson got released pretty sure even Uno is right behind him unless even Uno is 
doing a lot of shit behind the scenes because I'm thinking that he that, that, that Uno is transitioned to be an agent, in my opinion. I mean, By the way, because they got it wouldn't be a bad it wouldn't be a bad move. It's no. it's it's a thing of the they're, they're they were holding the gimmick from the beginning, and if you're going to be on TV, and again, it's a lot easier for us to sit in our homes and do a podcast and like pontificate on this stuff. When it's not like the old days where you did squash matches and then you you basically sold like hey you got to come to the arena for the big stuff. These guys are on TV every week, so it is hard to stay fresh and involved. You got you got to constantly be thinking of something. But from the beginning, this gimmick had holes, and it's like okay, dude. You, even though I, it doesn't matter, fuck me, I don't like the gimmick. It doesn't matter what I like. You're making money, but the gimmick has holes. And he has not done anything to evolve it. So now it's really starting to show and it's hit a wall to where it was the most noticeable thing to where even if I didn't even know the show and I didn't know who he was and I just turned it on, I'd be like, why is he like, what is he like, what is he doing? Is he their friend? Whose side is he on? What's going on? And and everything. And uh, yeah, it's like, you know, you need to it needs to evolve in some way. And again, he knows better than anybody. So. You create the character, involve it. However, yeah. you know because but... because because the, because the point being is what we going into what year three, yeah. And yeah. He, even with Cody, he evolves a little bit. Even Kenny evolved. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? The young bucks evolved. Scorpion Sky evolved. You feel where I'm coming from? So it's kind of like the only. Yeah, even Paige. So the only one that had that with other stars that haven't somewhat changed slightly has been Orange Cassidy, and it is growing still. I can hear it from the fans. They're not putting him in any, any top feuds. What are they going to do, have him go against Jay Lethal at this point in time or, or him going against that giant? No. So to me, I, I smell he may not be there next year. He may not be there next year. I don't think he's gonna change. I think Tony Khan loves him the way he is. Well, um, uh, the problem is, I mean, that's it's Tony's money, it's Tony's company. Yeah. He could do whatever, but the fans are eventually going to turn on him because, again, it it doesn't fit. Because again, the character mm-hmm. doesn't fit unless you're gonna have him in the conflict directly with somebody. I know he's been injured, so he hasn't been able to do anything. But it's like the gimmick of the too cool for the room guy doesn't really lend itself to a lot of stuff. And there's nothing to play really off of. It really don't lend itself to a face, but so much. I mean, because again, because, because it because to me, I, hold on, because to me it like this: the way that he, the way that he does is heal his shit. If this was back in the territory, Jerry Jarrett would have made him a heel. He would never made him a face. They were like, "No, nah, the fans, you're gonna get too much heat as a heel than you would a face because of what you're doing." And something just dawned on me. If he turns out to be the fucking amazing promo, like 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 a level of Ole Anderson or like a Dusty Rhodes or whatever, if he turns out to be this amazing talker, because he, well, he is a good worker, a I'm going to be pissed. I'm like, motherfucker, I had to sit and watch you for even three in years your little weird sweatpants jean things, and you could have been giving me these promos the entire time. It's like, I'm going to actually buy a ticket. I'm gonna come there and I'm gonna like shake you. I'm gonna shake a bitch. It just like <laughs> motherfucker. But as far as his wrestling ability, he's there's nothing. I mean, he's competent. But if, from what I've seen, it's like, oh, you're literally like every other wrestler. There's nothing really exceptional about you, other than you're good and you don't wouldn't hurt anybody. There's no 
uniqueness, like like a, like an AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan, there was nothing like wow. It's like oh, you work mm-hmm. like every fucking young, you know, one hundred and seventy pound indie guy. You yeah, know, not saying it's bad, just saying that's your, you know. So the gimmick is you're all gimmick, but the gimmick has hit a wall. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it needs to change. That just really, that's you, you just, you just reminded me of it. I just, uh, it really stood out to me because I was like, you know, it's like, dude, you know, for your sake, do something, please. Well, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you guys the truth right now. Um, I hate Orange Cassidy. So I kind of we don't really care as long as he's like not there anymore. I've it's always like, hated the gimmick, but I mean, you know, no, I hate him. Oh, you hate and him? The gimmick. Oh, and the gimmick. Yeah. I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you, have God. you met him? Nope, I just hate oh. him. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, I, I, uh, I, I've hated a lot of people, so I can't really give you shit on that. Um, yeah, I, can, I really can't actually. It's, actually, it's, there, it's funny you say that, uh, Daryl, because there was somebody uh, we were kind of floating in the same circles at Exotica, and we, me and this male uh, performer, don't follow each other, and we've never really—I didn't go out of my way to introduce myself, and I don't know if he knows about me at all, and I, I don't really care, but. Um, there was some very juicy gossip uh, that went around about this particular man. And I, uh, you know, and it's like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, and, and, and it was like, Oh, okay. But there was something about him. I didn't wish ill will. And I didn't, you know, begrudge him his success, but I just, you ever, you just sometimes get the vibe of like, I don't think we would like each other or I don't <laughs> think even if we met, I don't even think like, like I met a bunch of male talents last month, like Artemis and Dallas Strokes, and it, it, we instantly hit it off. And I'm like, you know what? I like these guys. We may not always work together because we're all doing our own thing, but I would hang with these guys at the bar, or I would be like, you know, I don't want to do shoot houses anymore. But if mm-hmm. they were there, I'm like, you know, I'll swing by on a day, mainly to say hello to everybody, hang out with Dallas because you know I really like Dallas, and they're like, oh, I'll swing by and. If anybody wants to shoot with me while I'm talking to Dallas, but it was just this guy. It was like, yeah, I totally get the fact that, yeah, just hate him. I just looked at this dude, like something about him. And then when I really realized the way he does his content, because I never watched it in full, I was like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Why the fuck does he have all this, all these followers and everything? He's like, mm-hmm. you know, like really, that's actually what he and does. What's like, crazy to me? I'm gonna be honest with you. Now, even though with Sakar, because he was the fire ant in Chikar. I would have stuck with that gimmick than do the than to do with Orange Cassidy. Because it to me it was a better rap. It it one, that's how I knew how good of a wrestler he was because Fire Ant was the best one out of the Ant Army. Fire Ant gave it to me every time I used to watch watch the car. So I know his ability, you know, period. It's kind of like with Dan Housen. Even though Dan Housen do some silly shit, Dan Housen can go. Oh yeah. I'm Dan Housen. All his stuff makes sense within the game. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think if Orange applied a little Danhausen logic, and again, if he and you actually it dawned, it, now my brain is starting to, the wheels are turning, he would be an amazing heel if he can do the promo and again just and then like be this talking heel and kind of be you know really just be a shitty hipster heel, mm. and then after a couple of years you do the, the the you know what's old is new and then you go back to being the cool. Fan favorite Orange Cassidy, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the thing could have legs, you know, and again, anything's possible. I used to despise Roman and now it's like, 
I think WWE should give him like like a percentage of ownership of the company that he because he's the only <laughs> one that like is really just almost perfect at, on everything he's doing. Uh, so you know, it, it could change. My opinion could change. I've been wrong before, and you know, uh, and I'll be wrong again. I bought a summer home there, but I just right now it's like, dude. <laughs> at least he's quiet. At least, at least he's only like per one segment. Like I've noticed mm-hmm. the the, the uh, George Goulas gang has slowly gone away. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. They were like not. They were like you know thirty percent of the show. Like they were popping up every. Actually, no. Um, the little the little guy with the bald head that that, that makes the over exaggerated faces. Who, oh, you talking wrestling? about um uh, John Silver? John Silver. Yeah, he's wrestling he with Punk or something next week. Yeah, or, it's like okay. Why? And he's, he, um, he's from right here in Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Guys. You know. But see, right. but see, I ain't even gonna front. Out of all the ones that's in that clique, he has the most potential to me. Yeah. But he you gotta get him away from the gimmick, and you gotta let him kind of develop his own thing. Yeah. Stop being, stop being weird. He might have something. <laughs> yeah. Because because to me, I it, out of all the ones that was in there, other than Stu Grayson. John Silver to me had the most potential to be a breakout star. Because if you if he became serious, you he gives me that Mondo vibe. You know what I'm talking about? If anyone knows wrestling OVW Mondo from the uh Spirit Squad, he was better than Dom Ziggler. <laughs> to me. Dom Ziggler's good, but he but Mondo was a better wrestler. Mondo was a better promo. I've seen Mondo when he wrestled. I've seen when he was the OBW when he was the OBW by himself. That was some of the best OBW matches in a title reign that you had at OBW. He reminds me of that because he got the potential to give you a fiery promo. He got a great look, and for his size, like that aggressive, I could see him break down a big giant because he got the look that he could do it. But he, just get his ass away from the damn dark order. He and again, as a short guy. There's certain things you kind of have to do. Like I don't have, I don't care about my height, but there, I am aware. Like you know, if you're a short guy, especially in this culture, you have to kind of do certain things. Otherwise, you're just bringing misery on yourself. And uh, Grisham, I never knew until very, very recently that he was five four because just from the pictures yeah. and how he looked on camera and just the way he performed, the carried himself, it never occurred to me. Whereas him, I almost deem him like i kind of think he's like i imagine him being 411 or 48 and he's like this little overexcited midget that never had sugar before and he's just like what are you doing you know and uh and it's like i yeah like you said if he was like a kind of a, an ass kicking vicious heel yeah okay i could see that but it's like you're so goofy and always doing the stupid flexing thing it's like you're almost shrinking in front of me and I I I honestly, when I think of the match, I'm thinking of Punk squaring off a guy who's like nipple high. Yeah, and I know that's not the case, but it's like I kind of imagine. I know he's not that short, but it's like. But but I'm gonna ask you this: Would you ever have John Silver or what's the other little motherfucker that was there with them that he ain't there no more? Um. Well, he was the third in Jurassic Park, the mascot. I can't think of his damn name. Oh, um, I would have. I'd rather have him. Marco Stun. Marco. Yeah, Stone, Marco Stun. You know what I'm saying? No, he didn't. He didn't look like a wrestler, uh, and and he like in every sense of the word. I but also, to say Ray Mysterio. I said Ray Mysterio was never that small. No, not and again. This is not about the size. 
Rey Mysterio knew how to wrestle and he could do different things. Marco Stunt basically knew how to leap in the air and bounce off of people with the... Because I remember watching one match. I was like, okay, if these guys weren't letting weren't catching you and then helping you springboard to the next guy that you're going to bounce off of and the other guy in perfect position to catch you after you springboard off the second guy, none of you, like you, you that's all he does. He's like, he's like a pinball. And a lot of that pinball shit comes from guys willing to help him get the shit off. Yeah. There was nothing, there's nothing about him. And I'm sorry. You could obviously be a wrestler, but you know, just cause like, okay. All inclusive means you get to be different and get a shot. Now you get a shot, but just because you're getting a shot doesn't mean you get to be in the main event and so on. I have goals for myself and I'm pushing towards that thing, but I may never get there because I may not, whatever reason, be the right, you know, you know, thing. I may not have the right skill set or may have the right look or whatever for the things that I want. It's, mm. it's about getting the shot. You're like, okay, you're a wrestler, but dude, he just was so unremarkable and uh, apparently mm. he's a little bit of a shit in real life so I'm not a surprise that <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he made his brother he, yeah. well, he didn't bring anything to the to the table like, Jurassic Express is an okay gimmick that you know has a shelf life but he didn't bring anything to that, he didn't have a promo like if he was like a little bit of a a talker and be like a like a Weasley little heel manager then he might have some legs yeah. But again, it's. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, yeah, I just never, I was not a present either. And he's nothing like Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio had solid fundamentals and could go, and, and all his stuff made sense. And mm-hmm. when he wrestled a bigger guy, he sold the right way. And when he took somebody off their feet, it was for, like, he, like he did it. It took like effort to get the guy off his feet. And everything. Yeah. Marco and, just bounced another- off of people. Another thing, whether whether it's now or when I was a kid, right? If anybody like my mom or like one of my friends or like whoever came in and saw me watching Rey Mysterio, I wouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and Ray looked like a man. Like Ray looked like a like a guy, you know. And like they, they would see him and think that guy is cool. Wow, he's fast. He's cool. If they saw me watching Marco Stunt doing whatever Marco Stunt does, like I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, but because even with me, when I first saw Ray Mysterio, because I didn't see him in ECW, I saw him when he came to WCW. It didn't, It. how can I put this? I didn't feel like because of his size, it hurt him. When I see Marco Stunt, it's like, why the fuck you got this little dude in the ring? When I see John Silver, I don't get that. I get, damn boy, that little motherfucker hurt somebody. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Just like with Ivan Putsky. Ivan Putsky, the oldest power. He was short as shit. But because he just, his physique, his power, you didn't see the size. And and there is something to be said for looking the part. Ray always looked like a wrestler. John Silver yeah. looks like a wrestler. And that's one of the things, again, when I used to entertain the question, I'd be like, well, also... It's a good thing in the industry now because you can be you know, a different body type and you can have a different look, but you still have to look the part. You still have to groom. You might want to be yeah. in some kind of shape because cardio and those hot lights and everything, like you got to be able to go. You you know, like you look the part. It sounds ridiculous, but I, I tan now at first time in like my life in my 40s. I, I actually, after I work out, I go and lay out to tan. So I'm not as Caspery on camera. It's because I want to look better on 
camera, you know, it's, and I don't like to, I don't want to be orange. So uh, call me weird. I don't want to be orange, but um, you know, it's a, it's a thing. You got to look the part and he, like Mick Foley never had a million dollar body, but he looked like a wrestler. Yeah. And news even looked like a wrestler. He, Marco stunt looked like, like a, like a doughy kid. Actually, yeah. uh, this is a true story. When AEW first really got on the air, my lady walked in the room and gave me like a weird side eye. And I'm like, what? And basically he was in the ring doing his little, his little shtick. And he, she actually thought for a second that it was like, like a girl. Uh, she was like, why is this girl doing all, like in the ring with no shirt on? Like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh no, that's um... <laughs> no shirt on. Cause it was like, it happened in the span of like seconds. So, like, you know, she was like giving me the weird, she looked at the TV and it was giving me a weird look. And I'm like, what, what? And like, had to do that thing. Like what? And he's like, what's with the girl? I'm like, what girl? I'm like, oh, that's Marco Stunt and whatever. And I was like, dude, again. Not only a girl, a little girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, like it's, it's, um, gotta look the part. And he didn't. And, and again, these guys, like what works on the indies or your little cool hipster wrestling room, you know, promotion is not gonna work on national TV. No, it's not. No, it's not. So I'm trying to think what else happened on AEW this week other than uh, that shit. Um, oh, the Ring of Honor women's title, the unification of it. Um, to me, I liked the match. It was a good fuck, probably one of the best women match they had in a minute, other than you know D Rosa. And but the, the funny part is, kind of like well, I was listening to a couple of other podcasters that were talking about it. The crowd was not hot for it, which I wasn't surprised because they really didn't set up the match. They didn't build it, really. Um, we didn't get a video package explaining, you know, Darren Peraza or, or Mercedes Martinez. Their lineage, you know, the fact that Darren Peraza was at one point could have had all, damn near all, it had the Impact title as well as the AAA title and the Ring of Honor title. You know, period. Putting over the Ring of Honor division, women's division. I think the biggest mistake AEW makes is that they automatically assume everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, especially now with all these little indie promotions going. Like, there's some out there that you know, if you're a wrestler, you're gonna work for them because they're one of the safer, better companies to work for. But they're not known yet or they're not as prevalent as you know like you said circle six or whatever i'm like i've never heard of circle six um so and that's the thing again aw has holes in their game but they're easily fixed um you know actually (laughs) my experiment my 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 experiment continues i subscribe to the aw channel and uh the one YouTube, like on the TV that I watch a lot of wrestling during the show, because I always have wrestling on in the background. There's when I turn on YouTube, it it'll, I watch one like five minute clip of Florida wrestling, and then all of a sudden they recommend all the Florida shit that's ever existed ever. Yeah, I'm I'm subscribing to the channel, and the, no AEW shit pops up. So like even with YouTube, your shows are getting no traction. So it doesn't matter what's happening there. The three of us could have the greatest. Uh, three-way match ever in history and it would fall on deaf eyes and ears because no one knows and it's just they need to tighten up the show like they need to trim the fat and and tony's getting it to his credit like again like 
a lot of these guys weren't meant or they're not willing to make the change to be on mainstream wrestling, you know, and, and, but you got to like slowly, you know, and you got to, and you got to take care of the talent that has legs. Like I said, the acclaimed, it'd be nice mm-hmm. to see them fucking win, you know, like One. something <laughs> like a thumb wrestling contest at this point, like something, because these guys could be your midnight express and Millie, what are you talking about, man? They went all the time on dark. <laughs> But that's the point. Who the fuck sees this I, shit? I know, I know, I know. I, I know. And you want to know something? When I jerk off, I have some amazing cum shots, but they don't count because they're not on camera. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's a thing of you fucking, you, you got to, I got to see these guys because they could be your modern day Midnight Express because, you know, they, and again, there's one of those things where I first looked at them, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? And then they won me over and now it's like, I, maybe I should hate them again and then they'll win. Well, uh, you know. by the by the way, speaking of the acclaim, what, what was that all about with them and the Gun Club? What was, uh, I I watched it. I don't know what that was about. They gave him they brought the scissors. I don't know. They just kind of whenever they need to give somebody a win, they bring out the acclaim. That's why I kind of get happy when yeah. I see them, and then I get sad. No, I'm saying, like, no, oh, they're not going to win. They're there was a, there was they're an slowly... segment last last time, right? Like the the Gun Club came out and they uh, gave. Them gave the acclaim presents, right? And they opened the they opened the okay. They, what they're trying physical. to do is, I get what you're saying, they're trying to build a feud for dark and elevation between them, I guess, to a certain extent. Because they do try to like they try to do storylines or further storylines on these shows. Well, there, there is the thing like, if you're gonna build a feud between these two, then don't put it on shows that people are gonna, even your hardcore fans are gonna miss. I want to see that. Give me. Well, Take away George Jules gang. Take away some of Orange Cassie's time, and the, get rid of the best friends. Give me that feud, but, and, but and you know, like again, like reorganize the show. Like I never thought, but the, you're the, wrong the about that club, I, and I want to see that now. But but, but Cam, you're wrong about that because I watched Dark right, and it's just matches. They don't really progress the storyline or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, they try to put, you know, I mean, they try to put promos in there, what have you. But it's really more so just to give motherfuckers a win. It like put it this way. If you're gonna bring okay, hypothetically speaking, if you're gonna bring their claim and you say they're ranked number one as a tag team, but we ain't seen their claim in a month on dynamite, you don't make no mention of who they beat or show highlights of what happened on dark. So that when the fans who is watching Dynamite and Rampage won't be asking this question. Well, damn, I've never seen their claim win, so how the fuck did they get a title shot? Which start, in turn makes people think WWE. They start, they started doing a crawler like at the bottom of the screen about dark, yeah. dark results. But I, I never don't noticed fuck. it. That's how like prominent it is. But the problem with that, but the problem with that, even with that, right? Um, no, no one's really um paying attention to it, and also, like, it goes like five hundred miles per second. So yeah, it doesn't really help and, them out. And- I get it's Tony's baby, and he's again spreading himself too thin. You got Regal there, and he all he's doing is managerial stuff. Like you can hand off the reins to certain things, like Rampage across the board. Whether they're AEW fans or not, they're saying Rampage is kind of just a waste of a show. It's like you can re, and it's only an hour. You can make that show super tight and packed, and you can use that show as a conduit to push yeah. more storylines. With like one Actually, or two really good matches and then like backstage segments and like I'm gonna tell you what's funny. Actually, I got the perfect example of what we're talking about or what they should do. 
Time to go old school, ladies and gentlemen. I had the pleasure of running into watching Memphis wrestling. And this is the time when we had the feud between Dutch Mantel and Jerry King Lawler. Now, this is what I love about old school. They will remind you what the fuck happened at the house show. This is what I mean by what the fuck they need to do. They don't sit there and put a ticker down there. No. Jerry the King Lawler was like, yeah, he was like, Lance was like, so yeah, something happened at the house between you and Whipcar. He was like, yeah, the uh, the first family attacked me, and this, this, and Dutch Mantell left me in the ring, right? So he was like, yeah, it, it supposed to be a tape. He was like, yeah, I know. I brought it to you to show it. Now, this is what Jerry is saying to Lance Russell. So they showed the tape. The match breaks down. He gets the win over Dutch, but then the Nightmare family comes out and beat the shit out of him, and Dutch walks off. Which set up Dutch coming out, and they having the confrontation of, why did you leave me in the ring? And Dutch basically said it. Look, why the fuck I'm going to help you for? That's your issue. I can't help you pissed off everybody in this goddamn building. It ain't my problem. And then they got in each other's face, and then, of course, you know, Jerry the King Law slapped the shit out of him to cause the brawl. The, the, you know, the uh, famous Memphis brawls they have right around. What? But the point being is, if they did that logic that AW did, how you think it would have went over with, with, with Memphis? They would have looked at them like they were stupid. The fans would have booed. They'd be like, okay, can we see what exactly happened? Because the way they would have done it, if it was day and age, was it would have been Jerry came out, Said, oh, he left me all by myself. This, 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 this. Dutch Mantel left me in the middle of the ring. Dutch Mantel comes out, and people are going to be confused. But, like, all right, can we see the recap or see what exactly happened? That's what I mean. If you're not giving us the actual action, whether it's you just showing us the highlights or what have you, even if they're coming out to come meet the Beyond Bucks, like, yeah, um, the acclaim came off a very, very great win on Dark Elevation against the Goat, the the, the Colt Club. Then they show you the highlights of their match against the Colt, against the you know against the, the Gun Club, which in turn sets up. Oh, now I see why they're going against the Young Bucks because they didn't beat these people, these people, these people because you're showing it to them, you just ain't telling them. Well, to your more to your point, we talked about it on the last show. Uh, Ole Anderson set up a two year program off of one phrase from a Dusty promo from years earlier that it'll never, it'll be, never over. be over daddy. It'll never yeah, be so over like only. Two year setup for a two year setup for like a three months of like sold out houses across the territory. You know, again, and the fans look again, you know, there's different camps and so on and so forth, but the fans are not dumb. You can organize this stuff and give it a read. It's all hodgepodge and it's rushed. Like, if you give them a tangible storyline, they'll sink their teeth. You just got to make the effort. It's like writing. Writing a short story is a lot harder than people think. You got to it's you gotta have an idea in your head, and then you got to map it out. That's why writers talk about, like, they just write. They're not really sure what's going to happen. They just let the characters become, evolve on their own. And you got to let, you know, you, you start out with an idea, give it to the wrestlers, and you, you know, kind of throw in your little two cents and let it evolve and let the fans listen to the fans and like how they react. And just, you know, again, they would sink their teeth into a long promo. You just have to make the effort to make it worth 
biting into. That's all. And every company, by the way, every company. And, and, and one other thing, Billy. Do this. Wouldn't it went over the same if they didn't show the footage of the turn? That's the kicker. That was yeah. sealed. He explained it. Then you saw the footage. Now imagine yeah. if this was AEW. If this was AEW today, guess what we wouldn't have saw? We wouldn't have saw the footage of the turn, especially if the turn took place on elevation. We wouldn't have never saw it. We'd have heard yeah. about it. Yeah, like Ole, in that famous Georgia Championship Wrestling episode, he basically he did a TED Talk where he walked everybody through the last two years. And then they showed the old school promo of Dusty. I, forget, I don't know what year that promo happened, but that's like, you know, okay, and here's the promo that started it all. And he yeah. walked everybody through. And here's the best part. There was no, like, in no confrontation, no no fighting. Like, they did a, they, they got commentary from every wrestler. And then they got a, a, a interview from Dusty. And it was all just people talking. And everybody, you know, like Ivan Koloff was like, you know, I because he had no idea through the whole two years. He's like, I'm glad to have my friend back. And I was, you know, and he's so smart. I am and, glad to have Arn Anderson back. We am so happy that Arn Anderson yeah, back. We can not stand Rhodes. It is weird. It is weird. It is weird. I'm a, I got to go do the theater, uh, community theater rendition of Flash Gordon, where I play Ming, you know, Capon. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a bad Russian, but I'm now apparently I just came from watching Flash Gordon, so I'm gonna steal the gimmick. And and you know, he's furthering the story, and then they yeah. Dusty, and Dusty was like, Look, I'm the blame. I'm the dumbass that asked him to be my partner, and it all made sense. And I'm not lying. I can't I I could watch that 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 uh clip and I put it on the Twitter feed, and I'll probably do it a thousand more times. I could watch it over and over and over again because it was so smart and just all the, and it all fit together and they could do that now with modern storylines and guys could be genuine heels. It just takes commitment. And again, it is hard to maintain a narrative and let it evolve and stay on top of it. Uh, You know, it's that's, but that's, you know, but that's why wrestlers are, are some of the most talented people on the planet. They can multitask and they can do everything in real time. And, you know, you got to just give these guys, let them work the muscles to do that. And Most definitely. So, shoot. So now we didn't got <coughs> out of NWA. Let's get to what everybody wanted to hear. WrestleMania. Real rematch. I swear to God. Okay. Now, I have to admit, pleasantly surprised, I actually liked the pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I actually like the pay-per-view. It was a great show in the back. Yeah, the, if you the match think about was it good. too much, it was a great show. Yeah, and, and, and the endings made made sense, except for the main event. I kind of like the way that it ended, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, one, I like the fact that we didn't have any matches in the pre-show. Thank you. And this bad boy was what two hours, maybe two, three hours. I was like, damn, they didn't drag they didn't drag us out on this one. So I like that with it. And each of the matches is pretty good. Um, they didn't have no bullshit matches on here that no one didn't give a fuck about. They had the matches that pretty much people kind of wanted to see to a certain extent. Minus Omar's. You, you don't think that happened Corbin and uh the other guy was a bullshit match? Wasn't a bullshit match? It because it, it was a major storyline. Not really a, a two a major I think storyline. I think too they're trying to push happy not happy Corbin, but to push 
Mars to another yeah. level. So I think that's why they went ahead and did the feud on this on on, on backlash. But could they have left it on SmackDown? Yeah. Would I wanted to see maybe the Intercontinental title being defended? But then again, they really had no build up for any of that anyway. So, mm. so, so Billy, what you think of the pay per view before we get into it? Um, I'm kind of. I have to admit, I'm kind of. I, I started it. And then I'm kind of watching it in real time because, um, again, the last couple of days, I kind of I, I went out last night to do something and it turned out to be a massive waste of, waste of time. And then I just didn't have the time today until, yeah. you know, so I'm kind of watching it. It's, um, it's definitely better with the sound off. Um, but uh, uh, the Rhodes Seth match uh, was good, which, you know, with those guys. Um, but again, the thing with. Um, you know, I knew, I think we discussed it. I knew that uh, uh, Rhea Ripley was going to go with Edge because it was just so, like, yeah. there. And hopefully now they'll start giving her wins and they kind of stop squandering her. Yeah. But yeah. the thing with Moss, you got to give him actual ring gear. Because I don't give a yeah. fuck if this dude is loose says by way of Hulk Hogan. The dude's in fucking loafers and suspenders. It's like... With some shorts. <laughs> Like you, you, you know what? Beat. Like if 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 Chipmendales had a short bus, that's <laughs> what you look like. Like yeah. if they had a special Olympics where everybody went to like the club afterwards, and it's like, you know, like that's where, like that's who would come out on stage. And I'm sorry, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know why you put him in that shit in the first place. But if you're gonna push him. One, get him away from Corbin, and two, yeah. uh, like give him actual ring gear. Yeah, it's time you to know. change. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and I'm sorry, that's the other thing too. He better really have some magic up his sleeve because it's gonna take a long time to not see. Even when he changes his gear, yeah, not to, not see, to see him his mad cap and. A part of the Baron Corbin <laughs> mid-card vortex. <laughs> and here's the other thing: if you're gonna call somebody Mad Dog or 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 bull, like Wild Bull or you know yeah. uh, whatever Madcap um, and so on and so forth, they actually have to be wild or mad or whatever. Like you can't have a Not guy come out and go, you know, I really disagree with the way you handled the end of that match. You know, you, it's like if he's Madcap, then you might want to make him a little crazy. And, uh, you know, I would think it would be. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's they buried that guy <laughs> right from the get with, you know, but I will say, obviously, a trooper and dedicated to what he like. He's dedicated to the dream because I'm not going to lie. I might have said, go fuck yourself. If you brought me loafers, board shorts and uh, suspenders, and, you know, and, and then we're going to call you like we're going to call you like Beanie McGee and you're going to go out there. <laughs> And, you know, you're going to just be all kinds of, like, you know, just do everything a guy who wears a beanie would do, you know? And, like, okay, yeah, you could go fuck yourself. I'm going to go back to, you know, working a part-time job and working at, a, like, high school gyms on, like, a Saturday afternoon. Most definitely. Okay. So, let's begin with the first match, which, of course, we already mentioned. Cody versus uh, the um, Seth Rollins. And I'll start with my take. To me, the match was a goddamn night. Um, yeah, I like the storyline, and the reason. Let me explain to you why I say the match tonight. The match from beginning to end made fucking sense and told the story. 
And it seems that when you give me a Cody Rhodes match, I get that. I don't get that in WWE too often. I might get a little bit more AEW, might even get a little bit more in New Japan. But you don't really get that match telling the story type situation in WWE no more. To the point that the little, I always said this when it came to point, the little things on set makes the scene better. Whether it's if, you, if, a, if a guy riding your dick, you part the butt cheek so you can see the dick going in the pussy, it makes the scene better. In this situation, for example, you can see that the whole story coming in was I did not know I was wrestling you. You had the advantage. What happened if the advantage is taken away? And we saw at the beginning of the match that that Seth was on on his game. He was he was he was basically countering everything that Cody was doing and was frustrating Cody. I liked that. You know what I'm saying? Them trying to do the pedigree on each other. Um. Uh, so it, it was just like to me, and it was a back and forth. Because it wasn't no, he just got the best out of Rhodes. No, it was a back and forth match. I like back and forth matches. I don't like it where it's just one sided where the the heel the heel just dominates the face unless it makes sense. You feel me? But yeah. next, right? I think well, dude, almost- Cody is one of those certain creative people work better with parameters or like okay, you have to stay in these lines today. Uh, you know, like a, like an example. Um, shit, I just totally spaced. Um, he had a TV show on MTV in the late '90s, early 2000s that was really popular, and he did the movie Freddy Got Fingered. Um, uh, I, I'm blanking on. Of course, I, stupid. I brought him up because I just blanked on his name. But he was funny on his little show because he had to stay within a realm. And then once he kind of was given free reign, it was just it's not funny. Rhodes could wrestle and he could talk, and you know he is. About as close to the real the total package as you can get, but in AEW he was he had to, like left to his own devices. Whereas WWE they're going to be like no 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 come here come here come here come here the only wrestling we like no you're like you're not going to start a fucking makeup company with your wife you're not going to all of a sudden start you know marketing shoes or hosting a game show you know whatever like come here stay stay sit like go wrestle go talk you know so I think he's one of those guys that could really be an asset to any company as long as he's kind of you got to kind of like, you know, give him some out of upper car and like, okay, Cody, I need you to stay over here. You know, know your wife cannot come out on camera. Like, come over here, do this, you know, and and it's working. Uh, and hopefully, like I said, the WWE can just leave well enough alone. Um, yeah. So we're going to see what comes up. But I, I've been liking the like the matches I've seen him do and I've been hearing good reviews. And it's like, well, again, he doesn't get to do whatever he wants because he's not one of the bosses now. I like it. Gerald, your thoughts? Um, I mean, you guys pretty much said thing I was going to say, really. Um, good match. The WrestleMania match was slightly better, in my opinion. Um, to me, the fish. Ooh. Interesting, because a lot of people say that this match was better, but go ahead, explain. Expound. It was slightly better. Um, I guess because of the grandeur and also because the finish here at Backlash felt kind of short, kind of flat. That. To my my approximation, I'm just one guy insane, but kind of flat, but kind of flat. And also, um, I was watching this match. So like this, is the first time I saw, him, I came home because I came immediately after. Um, I came home immediately after from the movies with um with my daughter and, and um her mother, um and stuff like that. 
And then I missed the pre-show, and then the first thing was on was the intros for this match. And then so I watched that match. So I came in home, meanly watching that, right? And um, it felt to me like the match was like halfway through, and then it just abruptly ended. That's how it felt to me. So I, so I, this match was great. And, and, yeah. and match at night, the same WrestleMania match was slightly better. That's that's all I'm gonna say about that, really. Um, question, because because before, before I uh, came on with you guys, right? I just finished recording with my with my boy Russ from the Man Space podcast. Shout out to him, and um, we was talking about how um, is it believable? Let's let's say I have to, because I don't know. I'm not I'm not psychic. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. But uh, the rule, the 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 word at the drinking fountain seems to be that. Cody Rhodes is going to be the contestant for this title, right? And um, we were asked, we were talking about whether or not he's like believable as a contender or like the next world champion who's going to beat Roman Reigns. No, actually, I, 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 I believe it. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason why I'm saying this is because one, two school thoughts on this. I, we didn't see Cody as a champ. Cody has the promo. It's like put it this way. This I'm because I'm old school. If Cody came up in the territory days, would they try to throw the belt on him? Yes. Because he fits it. He looks it. He fits the title. He got the suit, the whole nine. So and he got cachet. He got a big name, you know, period. Um to me, other than Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre, he's the next guy I can see putting the belt on that's right now in WWE because one, he'll fit it, he'll look it, two, he's going to always give great matches and promo and he can give us that babyface, heelish tactic type attitude. You feel it come from? Like, for example, I like the, I like the ending. I like the fact that he pulled the tights only because Seth did it. You get where I'm coming from? So mm-hmm. it kind of gave you that he is willing to do whatever it takes to become champ. You feel me? And I can see him as champ. I can see him putting the belt on him. And actually, when they made mention about money in the bank, how they're going to do money in the bank this year, yes, I can see him winning the money in the bank. Because one, that would surefire give him a title run because very rare they're going to have the money in the bank dude lose unless they just really really gave up on him to Vince want to put the belt on him to stick it to Tony Khan because trust me ever since because that's one of the reasons why Cody signed the contract I want to challenge for the world title I want to be world champion I want to do what my dad was not able to do so why did he cut that promo in AEW to Tom never going to wrestle the belt again no, he okay. This is my thought process. He was in a situation where damn if you do, damn if you don't. If he had went ahead and challenged for the belt and won it, guess what we would have been saying? Oh, he used his position to, to hold the belt and get the company. When he took himself out of a title race, we was like, that was stupid. But if he didn't, it went ahead and became the first champion because I'm pretty sure. That where Tony Khan was hit. He was going to put the belt on Cody. He was going to put the belt on Cody. I, I truly believe walking into AEW, Cody was going to be champ. And at some point, Kenny Omega was even going to take it off of him. 
or what have you. What ended up happening was Cody took himself out of the picture because he was like, I don't want to be the VP and become a champ. And then people think that I'm using my position to keep the belt. Hence the Sheik. Hence um, who Vern Gagne. Because Vern Gagne ran his company with champ damn near for the majority of it. You get what I'm saying? So he mm -hmm. didn't want to be classified in that. That's why he did that stupid move. Mm. Uh, I think Cody has all the tools to be a world champion because he left when they didn't want to promote him and he drew money and he reinvented himself and he had a pretty consistent run in the what six years that he was gone it wasn't until yeah. he was given absolute control that he kind of lost the narrative yeah. uh, so he has all the abilities he has the look he, re he reestablished himself and everything um, and right now, yeah, you build Roman up to such an extent that if you want to disrupt the title reign, he's the guy to do it because Roman can only be beat by a guy who you can't just have anybody beat him because then he would just ruin everything. And even Vince in his, in his like complete senility can't be that dumb. You know, so Rhodes, if he wins Money in the Bank or if he wins another couple big matches, he will be the guy. And then now you have a few that will carry you possibly to WrestleMania. Because that Rock match is not going to happen. And even if it does, even if it does, you, you're going to keep him champion all the way through. What's, what's the outcome? Because you can't have The Rock win because The Rock ain't coming back. And if he beats The Rock, well, now what? What's his next <laughs> main event going to be? It gets yeah. done? Like, oh, because, because by the time he gets to the rock, he didn't beat everybody in the WWE. Yeah. There's nobody and, left. And then his his main event match for WrestleMania Backlash will be like now he's gonna wrestle a fucking Magnum uh, 57 Magnum, because that's the, apparently the only thing that's gonna take him down. So it's it makes sense to have at some point in the next couple of months have Cody beat him, let Cody have a little bit of a run, and you know, keep you know, keep the feud interesting. And then uh, if you played right, there's your main event for WrestleMania, uh, it's just again, can people can people do that in this day and age? Like WWE, kind of, you know, it, it is by the whims of Vince, and now it's become famous that they're that they're. And this is a major show and supposedly the the number one promotion in the world, where they're writing the show five minutes before it's about to go on. Like that never should be a thing. Whether you you know, like Saturday Night Live doesn't do that shit. You know, it's like you need. Like they just kind of like whatever Vince, like you know, everybody has to wear green and everybody is possessed by the Easter buddy. You know, it's like whatever fucking weird shit, you know, I, you know, like my sandwich picked a fight with me this morning. Goddamn pal. You know, it's like, it's just, is if they can maybe keep Vince on a, on a, on a trajectory or keep him busy with shiny objects, then, you know, I think it could be a feud where you could maybe even trade the belt a couple times. Cause there's an art in that. There is an R2 having a few where the belt changes a bunch of times. And Mid-Atlantic was good at that, yeah. where, like, for one year or over a year and a half, Ric Flair and Wahoo McDaniel owned the Mid-Atlantic title. Like, they traded it back and forth, and it just – it worked. So there's an R to doing that, and you can do it. But I think Cody and, and Reigns, if done properly, can carry you right into – next year's WrestleMania. Because this, yeah. this year is zipping by. It's like, it's May – I mean, yeah, because because I, here's the thought I, I was thinking: When the last time we had a true title feud? 
You get what I'm coming from? Where yeah. the titles go back and forth between these two champions, like what you were talking about with, you know, with Ricky Steamboat and and Ric Flair in Mid Atlantic, where you had it, um, even with um, for the longest between um, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, period. It's kind of like Reigns don't have no rival. The last true rival he had is not in the division no more, which is not even in the company no more, which was Braun Strowman. That was the closest rival he had. And, and the thing with the WWE, when they beat you, they – like, they – there used to be two different ways of, like, losing a feud. There was a feud where you had some kind of salvageability, and then you kind of went back down to the mid-card or whatever, and then you started a new feud, and it was ebbs and flows – and then there was a feud where you would just get decimated. And then next thing you know, you would pop up on somebody else's TV in like a month or two, um, like looking like, oh, it's completely brand new. When WWE beats you, they beat you like you're going to the next company. But then you show up next week on the same show. And it's and it's like, why are you, people that's now you see they never beat people like that in the old days because uh, uh, what the fuck are we going to do with you now? And, yeah. you know, the WWE really needs to stop doing that. They made Roman too invincible, like, to the point where you got guys like Bobby Lashley, like McIntyre, you know, uh, just, like, I can't see them as champion right now. It's like, how the fuck do you live in a world where you look at Drew McIntyre and go, yeah, I can't see him as my champion? Are you fucking kidding me? And they they beat guys, and they can't maintain the narrative and – um and that's one thing they need to fix. And again, being WWE, ooh, this shouldn't be an issue. Like that should be the one thing they have a, because that's the thing when you see them occasionally make an effort, like you're with the what they are with Edge and what they're doing with Roman. It's like, oh, when they want to make an effort, it it actually can be good. And like the rest of the show is like, eh, fuck it. So now since we're done with that first match, the next match, of course, <laughs> was. Omos versus Lashley, which me personally, I knew that Omos was going to take this loss because if you're trying to build up your giant, you can't have him lose twice. Um, to me, this was the second worst match of the night with Happy and your boy being number one on the list. Really? You think so? Yeah, because I Omos, it, it like put it this way. Omos is so green, he's green acres, yo. And I do not understand WWE. Guys, you hear me? I can hear you. I can't hear Kavanaugh. Hold on. Kavanaugh, I can hear you now. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. And. They're great with building giants, but the problem with Omos is that you can't have a good... I, Bobby tried his damnest to have a good match with this dude, but it... it uh, I don't see what they see in Omos other than him being big. I, I'm I sorry, I just... Really just fine. What you say? Good, I'm sorry, this good. joke just hit me, and I have to say before I forget it. Um, you keep calling him Green Acres. I'm like, you know, if he got a stable, you could call him Gang Green. Waka, waka, waka. Sorry, it's just I couldn't resist. Well, go ahead, Jerry. What you about to say? 
uh, I just go, um, I didn't think it was particularly bad. It wasn't really good either, but like, it was it was just there? It wasn't really to me. This to me, like, um, almost seems to be improving. And when I say improving, I mean like he was at like what a one out of a hundred to like what twenty five now. So I thought this match was um fine. Not- I didn't have a problem with it. It served its purpose. Like you know, it wasn't gonna be like match of the year or like a classic thing like that. Like it was, it was fine. He, I, I can imagine. Almost, I, like, I can imagine um going to Wikipedia and finding almost on Wikipedia, um professional wrestler, moveset, various kicks and punches. Um, you know, I thought the match was okay. Really, to be honest, I gave it two stars and thumbs and pointing up because it shows improvements. He's Bernie has been. Um, you know, in this day and age when, you know, because uh, everybody's always making the comments that the wrestlers are smaller or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I never really bought into that. You have to be giant to be a wrestler. Mm. But with the way the work rate and just the skill level and the athleticism, being a giant, quote unquote, is not just because you're tall doesn't make you a giant. If that makes mm. sense, you need to protect these guys and like, you know, you're the WWE, you can work out deals with different companies overseas and independent things and, and let this guy go and learn and do some, you know, with the Japanese method, give him some like, you know, excursions to look, actually properly work like a giant because you can't do all the shit an AJ or Edge or, you know, a Finn Balor can do. So it's more important. You need somebody that can pull off Ernie Ladd. It, 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 it like this. It, 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 it give you an example of what I mean. But sorry, what? I use Gunther. I use Gunther. Gunther works like a giant. Yeah. Gunther is heavy-handed as hell. You feel me? The punch that Omar was giving, I don't think would have hurt me. And yeah. you could ju- you could just tell it wasn't. Even when Andre hit a motherfucker, you felt it. Even though he didn't hurt dude. You thought he did. I didn't feel it no time that the punches or the blows that he was giving Bobby was hurting Bobby. It didn't make it believable to me. You feel what I'm coming from? Compared to when, I'm trying to think of a giant right now, W. Morrissey. Shits look good. His shit look good. His big man stick looks good. You feel what I'm saying? Moose. I just just to give you another big man, Moose. His shit looks good, you know. Period. It seems like the Giants at WWE get they don't know how to be giant. They don't giant. Well, that's the thing. You're like you're hired because you're tall, and then go out there and they teach you like the they teach you basically the bare minimum. And again, there's a science. The reason why Ray got over, and it's more than the mask. Like he knew how to work, and he worked differently when he worked with psychosis and then he would work a completely different way when he would work with um randy orton or kevin nash Mm -hmm. and he knew when to do what and for what reason and with you know the giants there was a way to work as a giant and uh like i said ernie lad was the total package and Mm -hmm. in my opinion the best giant uh and but andre even and it is more even when he was immobile still knew he could see, he was passable like it like when I watched him in his last years of his career, it never dawned on me that like this dude can't really move anymore and he looks like shit. Yeah. And even now his stuff like he knows how to do 
things and what he limit he was able to do like a few things but he did them so well and at the right times for the right reasons and it's not uh the 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 sing the guy from AEW, and it's not almost his fault is that you're offering these guys money they show up and they're basically they're doing your job they got hired to be tall and they're tall yeah. it's your job you're you have access you, you, can bring, you can bring wrestlers in to especially train him to work like a big man and you're not, and you're, and basically they're going to eventually let the guy go and be like, well, well, and like, no, not his fault. It's your fault. Your job to, you know, it's your job to teach this fucking guy. Cause last week he was working at home Depot and you hired him cause he's tall. Now you have to make him a giant and there's a science to it and you are not doing it. And, you know, uh, and that's the thing. It's like it's it's the, the days of like, ooh, he's so big, and I give a shit why. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had I just had a uh, you know Balor yeah. and and AJ tear down the house, and this guy's gonna come out with his two left feet and his uh, and his rickety knees and his like nose that's bleeding because he's like so up there, so high up there, and I give a fuck why because like why you know and and that's the thing they think. They still think that works, and it's not yeah. the wrestler's fault. It's WWE, and also AEW. Like that guy sing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, and he's just tall. This, yeah, he's tall, it. and he and he moves like molasses in a blizzard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a uh, yeah. So it's like you know, there's a science, and it's one of those things. It's lazy. The guys are being lazy because you're not taking care of these guys to make them presentable on TV. You're rushing to get them out there. Because that, that that's one mythology in wrestling that'll never change. Oh, he's huge, so therefore he has to be good, and he'll draw money. And it's like, all right, remember the Yeti? The Yeti was tall. He drew. I drew more money in wrestling than the Yeti, and uh, you know that guy didn't know how to fucking work for shit, and you know looked like a doofus when he came out. And uh, again, not his fault. No one, no one took him aside and go, look, do it, do this for this reason now and then wait at the end of the match and don't go down unless they hit you like six times in the right places. Mm. You know, it's yeah. And again, easier said than done. We're all sitting here talking about it, but you guys are in the industry. You know, the tricks to teach this kid and you're not. Yeah. So Gerald, your thoughts. Um, that's p- nothing else to say, really. Um, I mean, I, um, I mean, Again, like to me, this I, I again it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just mm-hmm. it wasn't bad either. It was just there, and it was really fine. And hey, to me, this is a uh, reassuring in a way because it shows improved. He's, I think he's, I yeah. think again, I'm just one guy who cares what I think, but I think he's improving. And mm-hmm. you know, he has MVP by his side, so let's see what happens. You know what I'm yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I think the smart move was to put MVP by his side so that he have a, a mouthpiece. Maybe he could be Roman Reigns' next challenger. <laughs> I mean, if they build him up right, but but you got okay. The one thing I can say about Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman, we can see it as a threat because the way that he he they built him. Yeah. For me to sit here and see, for me for you to put Omos against Braun was a dangerous motherfucker, like. So yeah, far, that's dangerous. Yeah, bingo. That means that Omos should be the most dangerous motherfucking WWE. Like one of my one of my famous favorite builds was the Hall of Pain with Mark Henry. Henry, yes. 
you couldn't help but to think he was going to become champ because he was decimating everybody, including The Undertaker, including The Big Show. You feel me? So with Omos, you didn't, he didn't dominate nor destroy Bobby Lashley. You supposed to have him destroy Bobby Lashley. If you wanted to build up Omos, go back. They should have went back to what they did for the how the Hall of well, Fame. That's first Bobby and, Lashley. And they brought that back. Go ahead. No, never mind, never mind. I just I just I uh, I just um second guess myself. Never mind. I, I was gonna say that you shouldn't destroy Bobby Lashley, but then again, if you want to get almost over, you should destroy yeah. Him. But, but yeah, because, right, because right. yeah, because the whole point is he's a giant. You should never let your giant look vulnerable. Unless it's towards the end. If, for example, if Lazarus won the first one, he should have won because he outsmarted Omos, which in turn preached to why Omos needs MVP. This second match, Omos should have been decimating this dude from the beginning to the end. It shouldn't even be no back and forth. It should. It, Bobby Lazarus shouldn't even got that much offense towards the end. Then when he think he got the match won, the referee back his turn. That's when MVP hits him with the stick and Omar chokeslam him. At mm. the time, he was dominating Omar for majority of the match. <laughs> I, remember you remember, I, remember, I remember your Mania review of the same match. Have you laughed at too? <laughs> Bobby yeah. was, was picking him up, throwing him around. All this yeah, stuff. Bobby Lash just picked this dude up and did a fucking... <laughs> Spine buster. This is a dude that is seven foot three. You he not supposed to pick him up there. 20 plus pounds. Yeah. Think about it. It took Hogan to literally damn near knock Andre the Giant out to set up the pickup. Yeah. You feel me? Any other time during the match, he couldn't pick him up till that time when he finally got the slam. So right now, just off the strength of that Bobby Lashley feud, I cannot buy Omos as a guy that would beat Roman Reigns. I can't. I can't. Not by the way. You, Roman Reigns just beat the shit out of Lashley. You three times the size of Lashley, and you barely beat Lashley. How I supposed to believe you're going to beat Roman? When, when he beat Lashley? Huh? No, when I'm talking about no, 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 um, Roman. You say beat Lashley. What did he beat Lashley? Yeah, Roman. No, Roman has beaten Lashley before. You yeah, feel yeah, me? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? For me to believe that, let's say, if they did decide to make Omar the next challenger, for me to believe that this dude got a chance of beating Roman Reigns, you got to decimate the dude that Roman Reigns kind of had trouble with. Who was Lashley? Because they going because any wrestling fan going to compare his match. To win, lastly, went against Roman. You feel me? There's no different if, let's say, Big E was at the time, and it was Big E facing Omos. Big E went against Roman. That match was competitive, but then we see him be competitive against Omos, who is not, who is way bigger and stronger than that of a Roman Reigns. So I'm supposed to believe that Roman Reigns is in threat when he can barely beat Big E. Who Roman Reigns barely beat himself? That's what I mean by the logic. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a rhetorical question, but give me a non-rhetorical answer. Um, why why do they have almost on the roster? They had almost on the roster. Well, it, it, it obvious they needed a big giant. This mm-hmm. way, correct, correct. But they wanted a big had, giant. But they had plenty of big guys. 
that they, and they got rid of them. Why did they do but that? See, the, the reason why, because Omar's, they're making from scratch. A lot of the big guys, minus Braun Strowman. Because Braun Strowman was the only one that was a pure, was of the big guys, one of the, the guys that came from NXT. You know, he was a product of NXT. Braun Strowman had size, he had speed, believe it or not. He had mm. mobility. Um, yeah. Why did they get rid of him? They got uh, rid of. I think it was a lot of uh, his backstage like personality and everything. Yeah. Apparently, the rumor was he would be on. He'd be getting the push. He'd be on the fast track, and then he would do something to piss them off, and then it would stutter step, and then he would slowly gain momentum again, and then do something to piss somebody off, and then stutter step. He would, you know. So I think it was more his personality um, yeah. than than him, you know. Uh, than him, like his ability and everything as a big man. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. why do you think he went to control the narrative and nowhere else? Because no one else wanted to deal with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Because think I, about yeah. it. It's, it. Out of all the guys that came out, you would have thought Impact, you would have thought AEW would have grabbed that big motherfucker. No, it's a reason why they didn't. Because, trust me, he probably had a lot of issues behind the scenes. The reason why they signed and two Omos is he's green. They can mold him. He probably got a great personality backstage to where he's willing to to learn. He ain't gonna fight you on nothing, you know. Period. That Vince can sit here and tell him, "Yo, I want you to, I want you to go out there and wear a sombrero and dance around talking about gin and juice." He'll probably go do it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So it's kind of that's the reason why Omar's is being pushed because he's that big. Two, he has the size that's believable that he can be a menacing. They just I, ain't booking him as menacing. I'll give him credit for one thing because I kind of went back and watched the. I'm watching the match now because when we were talking about my trip to Exotica when the match came on and I wasn't, I kind of lost track. Everybody since Danielson came back on TV, everybody and their grandmother is now doing the elbows, and and yeah. everybody looks like shit except for Danielson because he knows how to lay him in in the right level without hurting somebody, uh, and almost just did the same thing to Bobby Lashley, and his actually looked good. So I mean, again, you're learning he's on improving. TV. He, you know, get, he's learning on TV. He took he took the money, which anybody in their right mind would do. He probably wants to be good, but he's probably being. You know, again, he's being Fast put race. out there on national TV, learning on the job where he should because, be. Because let, let, let's that's be real. The, that's, the car, that's the cardinal rule in business: always take the money. Mm-hmm. Because even to me, this is how I look at it. Right, first you had him in the tag team with AJ Styles. Let's think about when they broke Braun Strowman away from the Wyatt family. They had him for two to three months squashing. Dudes, squashing. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I thought I lost y'all. Squashing people, two at a time, three at a time. So finally, when he got to that big match, you kind of was like, "Oh man, this big motherfucker is something else." They didn't take the same path with Omar's. You had him in the tag team, okay? Okay. Then when you got him away from AJ, which I think, did he have a match with AJ at one point? I don't remember. Have, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think they even had a match when they broke up. You feel me? 
that could have been your jumping point. He could have decimated OG. He could have decimated AJ Styles and put AJ Styles out for a month. That would have set you up right there. Have him have a bunch of squash matches destroying people. And the thing is, too, what I'm noticing is they're having him do too much. Like, there's a reason why certain things work for certain type of wrestlers. Like, you know, you can give this guy certain things to do in the ring that would, would you know, help him get over. And then in the house shows, uh, like, let him work in the ring. Like, you know, the uh, the Asiatic, the thumb, the uh, the, the yeah. spike that, that, uh, that Lad used. Or it. even... You know what? He is big enough. Oh, uh, he's he is big enough that um, he could do the heart punch and make it believable. Yes. So give him like the heart punch. Give him the Asiatic spike, and like when he gives somebody the heart punch, you I, don't they don't move. They and there's a way of doing it where you stretch the guy, like you know, you kind of extend his rib cage and put him in almost like a like an abdominal stretch, and then mm-hmm. punch him and like really. Lay it in so it makes like a sound or at least makes the chest like, you know, ripple. And then, hey, this dude does not move. Like, if he does it to AJ, you AJ lays there until they put him on a stretcher and they carry yeah, him out. Because... And that's it. And and you give him this guy something and then you let him work the house shows where he learns how to work. Be, you know, but that's the thing. There's a reason why this. If I did the thumb, if I did the Asianic spike, if I did the heart punch, I'd look like a fucking idiot. On the, mm. in the ring, you'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But if he does it, it's believable. You yeah, know? because because to me, I, it's certain move sets and finishes that you should give a big man. And for him, I, I can see the heart punch. I can see the heart punch. I can see the claw. They could have went with the claw, yeah. and, and it, with the claw slam. It, it's so many because that choke slam he did the end was so fucking weak. He had he had like, he couldn't even. He barely picked up motherfucker. <laughs> mm. It wasn't even an emphatic choke slam. You get what I'm saying? So it's kind of like with Mick Foley. They were like, okay, what moveset we can give you? Because you're so crazy. The man of a call. It fit. It fit. You feel what I'm saying? Um, with Omos, I can see, yeah, ain't no one done the heart punch in a long time. Why ain't give him that? You know, period. Okay, then. Why don't you give him the claw? He got big enough heads. His hands can damn near cover the boy's face. So give him the claw. You feel what I'm saying? Or you could have just went the route of uh, Zeus and do the neck break. Because that would make... Cause I like when, when Zeus was doing that Hulk Hogan because that was different. I'm like, damn, he's trying to break his fucking neck. And it made... And even They did a better job of building up Zeus than they have Omos. Yeah, I mean, it's but that back then, um, it was it was Vince and Pat Patterson and a notebook, and that's how they did it. And Vince knew everything, minus if an injury popped up, like from WrestleMania until like the end of the year, he knew what he was doing. And then by the time he got to the end of the year, he already knew, like he already had WrestleMania booked. Like then he yeah. started, like you said, it went it went corporate, and he, you know, the whole. Like what he wanted to do and be changed, you know. Uh, I, I saw an interview with Kevin Nash. He said, "How is the show better when two guys book the entire company? Now you have like an entire staff, and the show sucks, you know." So it's like when Vince was in his full capacity with Pat Patterson, which I think Pat was kind of the brains of that duo. You know, you had they, they literally had the whole year, like every year, you know, they were year ahead, and. Um, but now it's like again they're writing the show as it's coming on, 
and you and that's just bad that is bad business like you know if you're gonna do anything creative you can't just like we're gonna start the cameras in two minutes of like oh shit all right so let's think of a plot and then all the lines and then our cues and then you know and, and everything else in two minutes before we start rolling the cameras and make it perfect it's, it's like you know people are only so talented you know so it's just uh i don't know i i think you know the guy has a good look he just you're not doing him any favors by throwing him out especially and nothing against lashley lastly is not that type of worker that can make anybody look good you need to put him in there with somebody that has size but can work around him and you know kind of hide the negatives and accentuate the positives. And I don't know if they have somebody like that, but it's not Lashley. Lashley is a star and he needs to be in the main event being a star. He, he's not, he's not Bret Hart. He's not Owen Hart. You know, he, you're giving him a, an impossible task as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So enough with Omos and, and his bigness. Let's go on to the next match, which was AJ Styles versus Edge. Very good match. I'm going to let Gerald start off. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I gave this match the same rating I gave to um, uh, what's the, what's their names? Cody and Seth, which I believe was three and three quarter stars and a thumbs yeah. up. This was unlike unlike um Cody and uh, Cody and Seth, right? Um, this was this match was slightly slightly better than the match at Mania. I feel. Yeah. Um, I, I feel agree like, with I, that. I feel like it clicked more. AJ Styles with bust out moves, team doing a long time with the flop, right? Flop. So that was good. Um. I think I think it's an AJ Styles thing because like I think I don't know because like it's like in theory right he has he has matched with people that in theory should be like instant classics but like I don't know something's not clicking every time it was him and Jericho him and Joe in WWE him and Nakamura in WWE him and uh him and Cena was actually great um him and Orin in WWE I don't know something about AJ where like he's having double WWE my tongue there WWE style matches. In WWE, um, and something like something doesn't click. Which should it should be like a like an instant classic, but for some reason it's not. But this match wasn't a classic, but it was very very good, very enjoyable, better than the Mania match, which I thought was very slow and plodding. But this match was actually much better. Um, I, wait, I'm sorry. Um, the ending, you know, of course, was the talk of the night. I'm saying uh, Rhea Ripley, of course, um, helping Edge win. And, Weren't um, you surprised that it was Rhea Ripley? Because I wasn't. Me neither. And you know, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't help that the whole internet keeps talking about it. Can, can, you know, can, oh, Rhea Ripley and Chopper, they're the next members of the of the, of the modern day Brood or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, it didn't nice help that actually you could tell it was real <laughs> from yeah, the boots yeah, nah, to the pants. Good... Y'all could have had her in like some bag ass sweatpants or some shit. I, I thought it was gonna be like champ or something like in the sky. No, it was real. Yeah, I would look. I said, That's real, Ripley. I'm like, Y'all not fooling anybody. Damn, y'all could have did a better job of fooling. Us, no, I thought it was gonna be like champ or something like a guy. Like, they can't. Uh. No, I can tell I, it was a woman by the boots and just the way her mannerisms. I said that's real. I just knew it was real. Yeah, I don't know. Because I only, um, only legitimately like hyped to see who it was because like she came out and she mm-hmm. pulled her mask off but it wasn't facing the camera. Right? Mm-hmm. So the, the crowd was more, Oh my god. So who the fuck is it? Don't turn around. It's Rhea Ripley. So that was that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um AJ got beat up by a girl, he lost because of that. But mm-hmm. I don't even care because I, it was still good. It was still good. Um, to to me, I think um, 
I see where they head with this. They, they, it's gonna be Champa probably will be will, will be joining soon enough mm-hmm. because I see how WWE the trend now is for a four wrestler click, three of them men, one being a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing. I'm starting to see that now. And um, if anything, this probably Rhea Ripley probably by by the end of the year will be champ. She yeah. will be raw champ. I, I see. I see that belt coming now. With her, I want that. Belt. I want her to have a, a, a have a heel champion run. I I love you, Bianca, but that belt coming off of you, baby. Just enjoy it while it lasts right now. <laughs> I, I I love Bianca Belair, but no, no disrespect. That belt coming like, off of her. I feel like Rhea and the other members of the of the of the faction need to like win championship, win championships because that would give them credibility yeah. as a unit. Yeah, so. they, they're what I'm saying because everything building up to it. it Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say otherwise. Then what's the point? That that was yeah. it. That was... Yeah, because to, to me, I think. Um, I like the fact that AJ's still selling the hurt shoulder. Uh, he's been selling that the whole time this feud. That's one thing I can say about AJ. He's a, he can sell his ass off, bro. That motherfucker can sell his ass. He he do Ricky Morton selling, okay? Let's keep it real. He does Ricky Morton selling because you don't see too many wrestlers sell an injury that they supposed to have for a month. Even to the point he was trying to figure out different ways to be able to do that phenomenal form and everything. <laughs> I liked it. Billy, you quiet over there. Talk to me. Oh, no, I was just listening, you know, not trying to overpower the show. Um, yeah, no, uh, you got two veterans that know what they're doing. I think finally, yeah, Ripley is long overdue for a push. I mean, talk about a million dollars. Um, and, uh, you know, they're kind of doing the house of black better than the house of black. Uh, yeah. And again, it's nice that, uh, and I, I would imagine this is probably Ed's try to rescue like a life raft, like rescue Damian priest and Ripley from the God awful creative, uh, you know, and um, again, wrestling is all about the little things. Like I kind of switched to, I'm watching some old NWA and they, uh, you know, they were doing like a beat to Arn Anderson and Tully, not Tully, uh, JJ were doing a beatdown of Oli, and 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 and, uh, and I just you know, little things like okay they're beating you know somebody who's a bad tough motherfucker down so like at one point JJ grabs and in, in like you know kind of holding him by the waist while you know Arn you know kind of get ready to scoop off for a suplex and so JJ helped him get him up so he could do the gourd buster and like little things like that it's like okay you know what. Oli looks like dead weight, and he looks like somebody that you would really have to kick like a couple of times in the head just to get his attention. So it made like little things like that. Yeah. And Edge can give these guys a lot of knowledge, but also kind of protect them because he has he broke through that glass ceiling in the WWE. So he, like he, he's collecting all the best, all the good wrestlers, and saving them from bad creative. And they're gonna mm. they're gonna come out better. But as long as he's involved, he'll be able to protect them because Edge ain't gonna put up with bad shit i mean you know so it's all about the little things that you know uh that kind of make sense and have a reason for happening and uh edge is the one that could teach him that and again like protect them you know uh so i'm glad that damien and uh ripley are with them in this little 
growing thing because they're too good. I mean, like I said, there's certain people in wrestling where it's like, how do you not draw money with this person? It just don't make them look like an idiot. And, you know, when you beat them, make it for make it count, make it for a reason. And they, you know, again, just they can do whatever they want, you know, like it's, you know, and, and they got another show in another week, you know, and they're not going to get canceled. And they just kind of go, nah, we could beat Rhea, you know, the next, you know, 50 shows. It won't make a difference because then on the, the, the 58th, hey, she's unbeatable and she's the greatest wrestler that ever existed because we say so. And that's, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of companies are guilty of that, but no one does it like the WWE. Oh no! Oh no! So since we didn't get that out uh, for that match, because like I said, it was a good match. Um, first of all, I do like the click. Um, I do hope they do bring Champa on so we can have that three man. Um, and like I said before, I'm pretty sure Rhea will probably be women's champ. The question is which single belt the Edge will probably get. Um, because I know that it ain't gonna be until they get it off of Roman, and it ain't gonna be him and Roman. So I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with this click. I like it. And yeah, they are doing a better house for black. The house oh, for black. You know, oh, maybe, maybe, um, somewhere down the line, um, to type, to type, to type, to type everybody in the field, right? Um, mm-hmm. because Champa has been attacking, um, uh, um, Mustafa Ali. And, um, it's you know it's looking like he might be. Everybody keeps saying he might be the next person to join Edge's call, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if because he's right now he's feuding with the Miz and he's feuding with um uh, Austin Theory, who's mm-hmm. the current United States. What if he somehow wins the belt from Austin Theory, right? And then maybe Edge could win it off of him. Oh, again, I don't know anything about anything. I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what happens for sure. So. All right, now the next match, of course. Um, oh God, dude! Please don't. Okay, yes. Uh, okay. You kind of, we, this match. We, we, so what? What's the next match? What's the next? The next match? No, it's not Mad Cop and Moss. We're gonna skip over that after this one because I really don't want to talk about that match. It's the I Quit match. All right, let me start real quick. This Go was ahead. the best match on the show of the night. Yeah, this uh, was my match number two. I ain't gonna lie. I gave this match four stars out of five and a thumbs up. Yeah, like a higher rated Edge and AJ and a higher rated than Cody and Seth. Mm. So, oh um, my goodness. This, anybody, anybody disagree? this match, I have to admit, was one of, without blood, was probably one of the most brutal matches I've seen female wise. Um,. I like the fact they didn't use a goddamn table. Thank you. <laughs> because, man, I thought they were going to put out a table. I saw they put out trash. I, I saw they put out, you know, chairs. I saw they put out the kendo sticks. And it was refreshing to see they weren't trying to use a, a table. Because this, wasn't, this wasn't every formulaic WWE match. This was like a legit. This, this was two, two girls walking to a, uh, an MMA fighter and a, and a, and a professional wrestler walking to a bar. Walking to a bar. And what happens next? That's that's what happened right there. Like And it was physical. It was from belt to belt, it was like a legit fight. No, no, no baby face shy, no heel heat, no um comeback. It was just two girls fighting. Yeah, and 
and, and also got to give props to 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 Charlotte Flair because she was working with this physical ass match with a fucking injury already. Walking in. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're not, my bad, my bad, my bad. They they played the injury. Part of the reason why she dropped the belt is because she's supposed to go on vacation, supposed to get married. Yeah. But, get married. but but yeah. but she but of course they're gonna play play it as an injury, which is smart. But to me, I I like the fact that Ronda Rousey won. Um Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they didn't have her win at WrestleMania and come back and retain the title in this. But I because, get they because because Vince hates being predictable. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, you very predictable. I don't understand what the hell you hating it for. God, they, you only surprise every once in a blue moon. But anyway, but um, like I said, I like the ending. I like how she got the tap. By using the chair, having a, the armbar in the chair and everything. And um which which once I get all your thoughts on the matches, the next question is what the fuck are they gonna do now? But anyway, uh Billy, what's your thoughts on the match, buddy? I mean, you know, it was good, but I take away a couple of points just because they did use kendo sticks and what have you. I thought if anybody was gonna use weapons, it should have been Charlotte to, you know, because Bronda is such a badass. I'm just a favor of like like um the best I quit match I ever uh, well, uh, was well uh, Billy real quick um Ra- Ra- uh, Charlotte introduced weapons first she brought the candlesticks first yeah. and then Charlotte and then, and then uh, Ron took away from her used against her so well, I you, you know I well I kind of was again like we're, while we're doing the show I missed that she brought it out but I mean I, the thing. I think the best I quit match ever was Funk and Flair, and they just mm-hmm. flat out beat the fuck out of each other. I think that you can I quit match. I like the fact they used the microphone, uh, and they did the yeah, thing like- where you know it looked like she was yelling like in pain, like while in the hold. But you know it should be like think Blanchard and Magnum in the cage at Starcade with the microphone. Think you know Funk and and Flair. It should be like you said, like a fight, like no shine, no whatever, just like an actual really. Like lay it in, you know, like make an agreement. Don't break the teeth, don't break the nose, and just go at it. Uh, you know, and again, it, with the chair and everything, it just would have been nice. And I'm being very picky here, obviously. I mean, I'm being persnickety, but it would have been nice if you just would have let them went out there and like two women fuck each other up and just leave it at that. Sometimes, like I said, less is more sometimes. And uh, I, you know, would have. Uh, would have liked to have seen a little bit. I had to go back and rewatch the match with sound, but um, I mean, it was a good match. I mean, they have good matches. Uh, it's just wondering now, okay, she's going to pretend to be injured, but then be all over social media, look like a million dollars in a bikini with her boyfriend. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they give Rhonda. Because uh, it does look like, I think she came back. She wants that Brock Lesnar. She wants to be the woman Brock Lesnar. That's what um, I was thinking. So we'll see how she does being full time again, or at least you know full time on TV. Now here's the question I asked both of y'all: Who's next up for? That's why I asked um, um just earlier today, like what's next for Ronda? Well, like, what about well, what's the story on Bailey? Because she should be coming back by now. Bailey um, should be on her way back. Oscar's already dealing with Becky Lynch. Um. Damn, I wouldn't because because I your big dogs is on SmackDown. They're all in feuds because you got Naomi and Sasha. They dealing with the tag titles. 
So, and then, like I said, of course, Bailey, but do you want to throw Bailey into this mix and she's just coming back? You feel with no build up to it or anything of that nature? You know, me personally, if it was me booking it, I would have her and Becky Lynch because that's the match that everybody wanted to fucking see in the first place. They didn't want to see her in Charlotte. They wanted to see her in Becky. There, you know what's funny about about Bailey? Um, mm-hmm. I saw her. I saw Bailey. Um, because I work at I work in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. at the Crown Club. That's that's uh, my my second job. I work as a club host. And um, what's it called? Um, she was there because uh, every time the WWE comes to town, because they did, it was, you know, it wasn't Survivor Series. It was like it was like one of the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, right? And um, yeah, I think yeah, it was one of the weeks leading up to WrestleMania. And they were they were at the Brooklyn Center that 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 week. And I thought that Bailey was going to come on Friday that that the, the following Friday and make a surprise return, right? Because she was there, and I spoke to her, and, and and like her arm was fine, she said, right. She came there with Aaliyah, the other girl, right, and uh, they were on Snapchat, um, you know, on Instagram, look, they always pictures, all that stuff, right. And she she told me, right, um, that her arm was fine, something like that. So I thought she's coming back. So maybe Bailey's coming back soon. Maybe 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 she's gonna face um Ronda yeah. next because that's what I'm thinking. Because who else is there? Nobody else. Shasta's yeah. And- it's too busy with the tag team division, even though it's just her and Naomi. <laughs> um, and other than that, I can't even think of anybody else even worthy or like at um yeah. Ronda's level that you can believe might win yeah, beat Ronda. Yeah, that would actually make sense because because you can't say because they ain't got nothing for Lex Blix and she's raw unless you gonna move up to SmackDown. So, like I said, I. Uh, I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with with her. I think sure. I think they might give her. Think they might like give her like the Brock Lesnar reign like, that he had in like, 2014, 2015, and like 2017. Mm-hmm. Like she just appear for a second, come back on the big matches. Yeah, with their belts. Yeah, so I'm curious yeah. to see what they do. So, like I said, I, I, I'm going. We're going to uh, go past Mad Cop and Corbin. I, they should have made that. They should have made that the next match after. Cody. They shouldn't even have this match on here, but that's just me. But um, like I said, I like that Madcock one, and okay. And, and I will say this. I will say this. Corbin gonna get a huge push one day. Because I swear <laughs> to God, boy, they treat him like shorty shit on these shows. You think so? And, I, feel like and, I mean, I mean, he, like, put it this way. He gets, it's kind of like, He's. It feels like he has main event level healness, but they want to keep him in the mid card. I feel like they be. I feel like they they uh since since it's, since I not, not since his debut on NXT mm-hmm. up until now, right? I feel like they like had praise where they, they they tried with him and then gave up and then tried with him again and then gave up tried and then now they already don't care no more. Um, remember he was, they gave him the they gave him the Andre the Giant Battle Ro- uh, Battle Royal trophy. Yeah. Um, he came on the main roster. They gave him the U.S. title, mm-hmm. right? They made him a constable. They made him uh Apple Applebee's waiter. What else they did? They made they him play the ring. The sad, um, depressed, homeless guy. <laughs> they made him yeah. They made him the Lone Wolf. L O A N. 
Yeah. It's just like with Corbin, it's kind of like... They keep trying. And like... And... <laughs> And, and so, I truly believe that any other promotion, Corbin probably would have been champ twice as a heel. Because uh, because he, because he know how to get heel heat. He, I know, he has go away heat for me. Yeah. So what? He has go away heat with me. It's like I just don't want to see the fucking dude. Yeah, like, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I. Oh no! Well, I this feel, version of Corbin? Feel, no, I, I don't I, like I it. Well, any version. Corbin. I like yeah. the first version. I like I like the low, not gonna lie. I like broke Corbin. Like I actually like that one. I'm gonna lie. That had that was over with me. I'm that sorry. was funny. Me, I like okay. the lone wolf when he first came in. He's like, please, if if yeah, you but... could keep one dollar, one dollar, ten thousand of y'all in here. <laughs> well, that's actually the only time anybody liked him. Apparently, like I, I I've seen it on videos and in interviews. Mm. No one ever says a good word about him at all. But then when he was doing that, the when he was poor, I never saw any of it. How did he? But everybody was like ready again? to give the guy an Oscar. They should have left him as a poor slob. Or they something. never said how he lost the money. I, they never kept, said because he lost the crown, and then his wife left him. Oh, moving. his wife left. Oh, he lost the crown. Became poor. How that? How that make sense? <laughs> it's WWE. Does any of the shit they do sometimes make sense? <laughs> Jesus Christ, kids, save your fucking did. money. Take some advice from me real quick. Save your fucking money, guys. Jesus Christ. It's, it's just... Because like I said, I mean, me, I like... I think Corbin has potential to be a great heel and could be a great heel champion so, with the right push. If they push him right, they keep sticking him with bullshit and gimmicks that don't get him over. I think he lost the crown and went on a losing streak, right? Yeah. And... So he he's talking about oh I'm homeless I don't I can't afford to eat I don't have clothes to wear I can't take a shower because he because he keeps losing his matches so that means up until uh, 2015 like seven years ago you were a fucking bum they, they don't pay the guy to work at WWE I'm saying you feel me <laughs> and then all of a sudden he goes to a casino and plays. <laughs> play trade. What is it? Blackjack twenty one, and hit it big, and now he's 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 a multimillionaire. Which I was like, I I kind of like that. But then when he came out with Madcap Moss, uh, I said y'all lost me again. And that goes back to like the WWE and their way of thinking. For the first time since they brought this guy on TV anywhere. People were actually liking him and actually wondering. Yeah, okay, they're, they're, people are waiting like for his segment to come up. From what yeah. I heard, so let's stop doing that. We have a guy that's like, just like literally when he comes on TV, you can actually hear the sound of buttons on the remote being clicked, and it's like, oh, you know what? People are liking him. Fans like it. Let's stop it. And that's like their logic. Like you know, when Bailey Bailey comes out, everybody's happy. Like oh well, then we have to like put a potato sack on Bailey, and you know we have to shave her head and paint it purple and whatever. You know, and it's just uh I don't know, like I know when he not... first when they first brought him out, they were trying to do that like rock star, like, you know, bad boy look, but he, he was had lost a lot of weight. Hell. He, was... he, he just was didn't like look... the goddamn like, like the gen what you call it my tongue, Jesus Christ. He looks like the generic like character in, in a in a wrestling game, like in SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, actually, yeah. He looks, like, he looks, like he looks mom, better you know, now physically. You know when they when they were trying to push him at 
they were trying to push him as this good looking bad boy. And you're like, well, the dude's losing his hair and he just lost a fuck ton of weight. So he had that loose skin. So he looked like a dude with stepdad bod in in Axl Rose pants with, you know, like a growing long haired skull cap. And then he, again, wasn't a really great worker. And then they put a shirt on him and finally he shaved his head. But again, the guy's just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't fucking care. And he but the WWE be, apparently. He needs know, they, to be homeless again. I'm sorry. Like, he's like. Do an angle. He needs to fucking. He needs to do it. That was. Ironically, I mean, enough, he has a clear. No, but see, I'm gonna tell you what it was. They thought it was gonna be a face change, and they fooled yeah, everybody. And went back to being a heel because they did. They, yeah, they did a scene backstage where like somebody robbed him. Yeah, and, and see, and if, they, him, if they did the face change, I think people would have got behind him even more because they've been like, okay, yeah, we like it because it was seeming that because the fans wanted it. We didn't seen this motherfucker here ever since he's been here. We never seen him as a face. So now y'all built him up to be so sympathetic. Go ahead. I think only in that hyper specific context can he be a face when he's like a a, a bum down his luck. Only in that hyper specific moment and context can he be a face because I don't know. He he looks, he looks like a heel. He walks and sounds like a heel to me. He's like a natural heel. Like yeah. Other than being like a bum down on his luck. Right and saying stupid funny shit, right and begging and getting beat up by other baby face. Only, only that hyper specific context is he a baby face. And I, I think he, he's, I think he just, I think they, they need to do an angle, type of angle where like he goes gambling and he loses this time, all his bread, get money gambling, and then he's a bum again, and and then just be a bum, a mid card bum guy. Make some money, ironically, in real life, and I'll be fine. <laughs> well, I know this much. I'm I'm done with talking about the, the, w- the World Wrestling Entertainment will have some entertainment and everything else in between. And uh, yeah, I think that's the best thing he can do for himself is be a bum. Yeah, that's sad. The only way you get over is being a bum. <laughs> Pretending to be broke and poor and destitute. Sad for who? I'll be a bum for millions of dollars for six figures. You ain't lying, I'll take it. I'll be a bum for six figures or seven figures. Oh my God. So now we get to the main event, the six man tag, which, now before we even go into the actual thing, they said that this was actually the plan from Jump. That the Rouge was. Them unifying the tag titles, but this was supposed to match supposed to be in the first place. Which brings the question: Why the fuck did y'all even go the route for talking about unification? Y'all could have just built it up as a damn six man. Yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Like this match by itself, right? As an island, the match itself was very good. Was great, right? Yeah. But the the story leading up to it and the outcome leading leading from it is yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like. If think about it, right, the the whole the whole match setup right from the beginning from phase one right from step one right was Roman saying, "All right, so I got both singles belts. You only got one of the tag belts. There's two out there. So you guys are being commissioned. Go out, go to Raw, and bring me the the Raw belts right, the Raw tag belts right now. That's that, that's your mission, right? 
So now, so now, fast forward, right? Um, they both the match, they tease the match, they promo the match, all that stuff, right? Um, they do the contract signing, right? Roman comes out and tears the contract apart and feeds it to Riddle, right? He wanted the belt. He wanted the match in the first place. Why did he tear the contract up? Hello? You know, I think I think that WWE lied to the public. Y'all was thinking about doing the unification tag title. Well, 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 hold on, well, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, um, Real, I'm talking about the storyline. Does make yeah, sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why did Roman like? Why did Roman in storyline tear the contract up and like pretty much like and then shoved it and then turn right around and talk about? So yeah, I want a three. I want a six man tag. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't what? make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And that's and that's always been WWE's problem for years. Like on end. Like they don't they don't pay attention to detail. The stuff doesn't make sense. Shit just happens. There's no re- rhyme or reason. There's no explanation, no exposition, and I wasn't even sure how to rate this match. But to be fair, right, like the match itself was very good. I gave it three and a half stars, but like I gave it a thumbs in the middle because, like, well, what's next? And not, not only that, like, okay, so the heels won, but what did they win? Nothing. The baby faces didn't lose anything. No, um, nor did you set up a strong challenger for Roman after these, off of these. Exactly. Nothing was set up. Um, because uh, Orton was over. Orton, that's he actually, was. If you want to be honest, that's your money match. Orton versus yeah. Roman. Well, yeah. And it's, something, and it's something different because, like, we never saw babyface Orton versus heel Roman. No, we never had. Never got that. Yeah. Because um, to me... But... He, we we were last we were last night. Where was I? No, where were they? The uh the pay per view. Where were where were they? They were God dang it, I can't remember. Let me let me look and see. Because I, I'm curious why was Randy in particular over last night. I think they might have been in Texas. What do you think? No, I didn't want to say Lewis. No, I forgot what it is. But Randy just lately he just been over like that though. It just been over like that because uh because it, it, Randy has gotten that cachet now that we 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 can love him and hate him at the same time. Mhm. Mhm. I've never been interested in Randy Orton and what? I just no, I never. I just never. That's part of the reason why I stopped watching him and Cena. Were part of the reason why I stopped watching wrestling in the uh, in the mid the early aughts and everything. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, they've used him. That was their, uh, that was their routine for a while where they would crown an, a new champion, like a new, new champion. And then like, oh, your next challenger is Orton and you're never really going to get an upper hand on Orton. So like, that's why I call him the, uh, the apex albatross. Cause it's like, if they give you Orton right after they give you the title, that means you ain't going to be champ for very, very long. And you ain't going to be seeing that belt again for a while. Or if ever, because, you know, it's because, again, no one ever really gets over on him. And I just never gave a shit. I like this dad more, but I just eh, I just don't care. And, you know, never did. I know he's a lot of people's favorite and everything, but just, yeah, just never, uh, you know, I mean, I like him more in interviews. Like when he was interviewed by Stone Cold and and everything, uh, I like him, but yeah, don't care. Um, (laughs) 
you, you know, I think he's, but the thing is, he's, he's actually aging in reverse and he looks better than he did when he was 21. So who knows when he's going to retire? I mean, um, and his shoulders seem to be holding up because that was what was plaguing him for a while. Because when you think about doing the RKO and that, and that, like, he actually threw out his shoulder doing the little, you know, fist stomp thing that he does before he does it. And he actually popped his shoulder out doing that. So, but his, Shoulders seem to be holding up, and he seems, you know, like getting a rest being in a tag team. I mean, he's definitely probably going to have another challenge for the title and or another run before he retires. But, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. You know, he's not. Yeah. Um, 20 years. I mean, they had his 20 year anniversary not that long ago. Like, what, Pups will go his 20 year anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. Out of that class, he's the last one in WWE. If you think about it, out of that class, that he came in with. Yeah, uh, everybody either got you know they kind of retired or kind of fell out of favor. Cena finally latched on to to Hollywood, but Orton doesn't really have any interest in any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the left Hollywood. Uh, who else? Uh, no, I take it back. Dolph Ziggler's still there because he came Wait, in. What? Uh, but Dolph was in that class with Orton, 2001 with um, Ohio Valley. Wait a second. Was he? No, was he? I swear he might have been. I thought, no, no, he came a little bit after Orton. He came a little bit after. Yeah. Because I think Orton, who was always there? Uh, somebody was there. God dang it. From yeah, the was there, Fina, I think. Fina Lesnar. Believe it or not, Samoa Joe was I seen that class. Oh, before. and um, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. There's Shelton a guy Benjamin. that they dropped the ball on. God knows they did. God uh, knows they did. I mean, I thought, I thought he was going to be world champion at one point. I was, uh, he could have been. I mean, in, and, and everybody says, like, people who actually oh were in the room know, say that he was a better athlete, and, and technically a better wrestler than uh, in, 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 in amateur and in the ring than Lesnar. They just again, uh, just good looking. There's a good looking black guy that could do everything, and eventually caught on with charisma. What are we going to do with him? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Push him. If if if, if, if I if I went if I went into the past, like um, let me see, saw Benjamin's prime with 2005, 2006, right? If I went to the past and saw like my 10, 11 year old self, right, and I was like, hey, listen, uh, you do know that. Um, he's never going to become a champion, world champion, and he's going to just be wearing. He's going to be just a, a a jobber guy and a a guy who's there. I would be like, "You're full of shit. Get the fuck out of here!" So this guy, he's a star. He, he's a he, star he, everywhere he goes, and he has, and he's like a main adventure everywhere else he goes because everybody else. I would be like, use him. If I went, if I went back in time somehow, right? Like, dude, I'm sorry. I love Saul Benjamin too, but. Um, he doesn't. He like he. He never. He never actually becomes a, um becomes big in WWE. I'm sorry. Uh, the I'd be like, you man, you're full of shit. You're lying. You're playing. Stop playing. Because the pain was fine. Handsome and a guy. Like he's he's handsome. Like he can move. He can work. He has a background. Um, he, in real life, he can outrun Brock Lesnar. Um. Because the story about that when they they did, they did like a little race running race type thing back then it was like in the college days and like Sean would always win, uh Sean always beat him one on one back in, in real life. Uh, I don't know what happened. Like why? Like who did he piss off? Like 
what ha- I really don't know what happened. It kind of is. No, it's kind of is bad, disheartening, really. In all the years of of reading and and listening to podcasts and everything, I've never heard anybody say an absolute bad word about him. It's uh, I think the fault is the WWE in that they just didn't you know like for whatever reason it didn't click with Vince, but that's why he was part of a great tag team. And then everywhere else he went, he the greatest was, tag team. Yeah, he was he was a part of you know he was a star and a main eventer everywhere else he went. WWE just it's one of those things again. If it one guy doesn't you know whatever that's that's the problem. And I think you know he was killing it in Japan. And and I, and I would think had he stayed, he could have transitioned to AEW or, or by now he probably would have been in the world title picture. But he's getting on in years, and I think he just went back to WWE because it's like, well, I'm going to work half the time for more money, and he's just got to get in that hey, I'm going to tell you what's funny. He was so figured in Japan. It shocked me that he left Japan to come back. Well, again, I think because because right as he came back, he immediately got injured. I think he's like his body is kind of hitting the yeah, wall. I think, I think wait, he, he left Japan, and he came to Ring of Honor, and he teamed back up with... Uh, Charlie Haas, because that's when they used to have the feud against the, the the Kings of Wrestling and the Briscoes back in the day when uh, Ring of Honor was on HDNet. Yes, I, I keep on Ring of Honor. But at one point, the way the push he was getting when he was in New Japan, I thought that he was going to get one of the major titles because cause he was with Suzuki Guns and he was getting high-profile matches. He probably would have, but I think he kind of was like he in his mind he's winding down his career, and it's you know they're probably paying him very very well, and like what again he's just he's getting a paycheck and he doesn't really have to do anything, and who knows when his contract runs out or they finally release him, he can have like a part time last run in any company and go out on a high note. I think it was more strategic and like you know. Uh, I'm just gonna wind down the career on a on a big paycheck, and you know, and so on. And because again, he he came from Japan, and then like immediately injured, and they didn't use him. Same thing with the with um uh Johnny Boy, uh you know Smith. They didn't. Um, he came back from Japan where he was a star, and again, they I didn't even know he was in the WWE until they announced that they released him, and it was like. Okay, again, this guy everywhere he goes, he's he's like a star, and he has he's figured in. But it's one of those things again. Uh, WWE, you know, it's like it's either you break that wall where you get to do whatever you want, the Edge, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, you know, Orton thing, or you're just kind of floating around in the mid, in that little you know secondary class, business class, and then there's people that I've been here 13 years and I've had 57 matches, but I make. $95,000 a year plus some merch money. And I've been here for 13 years. It's like just one of those things, you know, it's like that one toy in your toy box that you never really played with, but you never threw away. And that's like the three classes of WWE. It's like, you know, and who, who knew? And it's like any random day to where you might, you know, move into the other class and, you know, and maybe whatever. It's, it's just, and again, it'll be interesting to see when Vince is gone how the company is run. Especially now yeah. that I don't think he'll go to Triple H. So it's going to be interesting. What about Stephanie? You saw her in Evil? WWE? Yeah, yeah I saw that Evil. Uh, yeah. I, 
Well, you can't be a heel when you go out there and bury everybody and nobody could get comeuppance on you. It's basically it was like the ego trip. You know, she was just going out there. That's why Dusty, Dusty was the only one to stand up to her on TV. And then they never let him on TV again. And then <laughs> here's the best part. When he dies, she's like, oh, she said a tweet like, oh, I always loved working with him. I'm like, really? That's why you banished the American dream from TV. That's your one of your part of your legacy. You literally killed uh, Dusty Rhodes on TV. Like, you're the sole reason we didn't get to see literally. him on TV in his last years because he dare stand up to you on camera. Like she is her, she is her father's daughter. Like, and think she's gonna be the one to run the company when Vince is gone. I, I think they are. I think eventually they're gonna sell it, and then they're gonna get like little sweetheart spots. I think with now with the health stuff with uh, Triple H and just the way they bastardized his baby and how they kind of fucked him. I don't know if he would. I don't know if he wants to run the WWE at this point. I mean, I think he's got money and he's got the admiration and he could go anywhere get a job um he'll like i said they'll probably secure little spots for stephanie and triple h when they sell the company but if anybody's gonna run it it'll be her and she's basically a female she's a fuckable vince basically is what she is yeah pretty much so shoot so of course as you know the bloodline won it was a great match it was a pretty good match i can't even complain about that but like i said to me um, very surprised that the bloodline won. Very surprised no one has been made to. Well, I mean, don't get it twisted. McIntyre and it—it it, it looks like it's either going to be McIntyre or damn it, I just said Orton. Name. Orton, they're going to challenge for him because they look the strongest, way more stronger than Riddle did. And it's <laughs> interesting how Riddle also took the pin. Mm-hmm. Also, so it's kind of like to me. Uh, I think that's next up, but even more so, how much longer is Roman going to be in WWE? Because he's looking to go Hollywood, and Nick Khan made it very clear that's one of the things that they plan to do with Roman. I mean, he can act. He did a little cameo in the movie I saw, and he was actually good. I mean, the, I think the dude could pull the, I mean, he's got obviously got the looks, but I mean, he actually does have some acting ability. So I think he would be good in Hollywood. And again, it's more money and less wear and tear on your body. Um, and, and the funny thing is the, when wrestlers transition to Hollywood, they actually like Batista, especially uh, cause he just went all in and fell off the map for a few years. Whereas the rock and, and Cena, you know, kind of had their foot in wrestling and kept, you know, kept, stayed on TV and everything and kept that money coming in. But when these guys like Cena, Batista and the rock all earned the spots they have in Hollywood and, and they're actually good actors and they are, and they're very versatile. They're willing to do different things and, and step out of a uh, stereotype. So, you know, they're, so they actually make really good actors and, and movie stars because they, they proven that they can, you know, crawl before they walk Roman, I think, would be could do the same thing, and he's gotten about as big as he can get. So it might be another year or two. It might be time to let that that wet hair hit the silver screen, and you know, maybe like honestly, if you if uh, the guy who's playing Aquaman now didn't get the part, I mean, think about it, Aquaman right there, you know, or live action. Uh, what was that? Um, that cartoon movie that The Rock voiced about uh, the Maori, you know, like that. I mean, 
there's a billion things you could do with Roman and he could do comedy, which is, you know, and he got, and also fuck him for being that good looking and, and actually having like genuine talent. Fuck you, Roman. (laughs) Uh, Fuck you and fuck your hair. Oh my God. So, yeah. So, I mean, um, let's go into something here, Billy. Because like, I might, I might stop like a woman too, based on that point, because like, Everybody that I hate in wrestling, like my like my friend and my daughter, right? Um, they both seem to like. Like I hate Orange Cassidy, and like my daughter saw him one time and like fell in love with him. And um, one time, um, what's it called? Uh, I think it was yeah, it was that it was that that promo that Roman cut on Edge one time. I'm talking about why would you play games with me, right? And uh, she came in and saw that and said, Oh, I love Roman Reigns. He activates the WAP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, with the Cassidy thing, it makes sense. Like, again, he like, is I'm literally sorry for playing games with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Roman, I mean, with Orange, I get why people like the thing because he's a hipster and hipsters, you know, it's that thing. Uh, it's like that cool, whatever little gimmick. Um, and uh, so younger people, yeah, Roman Reigns, I can see why people liked him, like, like you know, get a good-looking guy, and, they, and then finally he's being allowed to show his true potential. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, what's actually... The guy, what's, huh? the guy in, what's the name of the guy in AEW um, uh, with the face paint? Oh, Dan Housen. No, no, he has a thing. Oh, you're talking about um, Darby, Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby Allen. That's my daughter's favorite wrestler. I like Darby. Yeah, he won me over, and and he and he really, you know, again, he works like a guy that his size because he lays it in and he yeah. does things like basically he's like a Rey Mysterio. He is a Rey Mysterio, I, not 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 Marco Sun. And, um, and also, yeah, again, it's that you know that kind of lean, you know, brooding kind of. He's a good-looking kid, like just like Orange Cassidy. That kind of. He's brooding, he's, you know, but yeah, whatever, skateboards, he's like, cool, you know, I mean, I was never, I was never cool, and I'm still not cool, that's why, uh, and I, and my childhood sucked, so that's why I'll, I, I actually lucked out in the long run that it's, I like getting older, my life gets better as I get older, and I was never cool or hip, and I never will be, so I just kind of like the stuff I like, but, you know, uh, younger kids or teens or even girls in their 20s, like if Orange Cassidy and, and, and uh, and Darby walked into an expo and like, oh, we're new talents. Fucking girls would be like, like, like literally from the roof descending down upon them, you know. And companies would be like making paper airplanes and throwing contracts at their face because you know they just kind of got that that cool, you know, generational swagger to them. You know, for me, yeah, that that should never happen. So it's like, no, I, I like I like Darby Allen um, also, but but I like him less and less. I see him. Because I know my daughter loves him, and <laughs> think he's a because I think he's a bad influence. <laughs> because he like, definitely with some of the stuff he does in his personal life, he's definitely like, one of those people that you know I would probably sit my kid down and go, "Look, you ain't doing any of that shit." And he's lucky that he's still in good shape. You know, you ain't doing any like, of that stupid there, shit. There was a, a, a clip of him fucking jumping off a bridge. Into yeah, like a yeah. Body of water, yeah, and he got sick. 
and he got sick yeah. from that shit. But see, but see, what people don't realize is that he also is a stuntman on the side, and, and all that good stuff. So, so all the bumps he take, he take them for for real in real life. And outside of rap, and I watched that with her, and it's like that was so cool. I like, no, it's stupid. You know, it could be enough fucking water. <laughs> oh no, I. No, I said it, it's crazy with somebody right? we do all. He got sick, right? But not only that, he got sharp shit. So you could fall and peel yourself on. Yeah. Uh, hitting water. Here's a little no, little no fact. Like hitting the water is like hitting. I mean, and I've jumped off a few bridges in my day. Uh, I had a buddy that was on a swim team once. And when they, they would bring people in, you know, to, you know, start training on the swim team, the uh, coach, this is back in the, like the 80s. He took a small caliber pistol and shot it into a bucket of water and then, you know, essentially showed that the that the that it didn't never hit the bottom and it didn't break the uh, the bucket to show, give them a very strong example of like, you know, you can break your neck very easily. Like you have to train and you have to have the form because that's how hard the yeah, water is. Because once you hit it, you know, like, and the, here's the funny thing. People, when they jump off bridges, never technically drown it's the fall that kill it's like you hit it yes. it, you, it's yeah. like a broken neck or your ribs or whatever and drowning is if you it's drown like it's because you're know. getting sick or or laying on something bad like that can impale you you die on the impact oh yeah. old darby old darby went downstream he's seen three days <laughs> i mean you know it's uh that's the thing he's been very lucky and i think he should quit while he's ahead but you know it's I mean, hopefully it, it doesn't catch up with him, but I mean, it's eventually, and AEW's kind of bumbled his push a little bit. Like, he's lost a little steam. You know, again, AEW really needs to work on their their rivalries and their mm. feuds, because well, Darby, Darby put him in a one, they took the, belt, the TNT belt off him too fast. That's one. He should have had a way more longer title run. Um, because I don't want to hear that where he's one of them guys that he don't need a title. No, because even some, even those guys need the title at some point and have to have a title run. So they pretty much took the title off of him. They never gave him a return match against Mero, so we didn't get to see that feud because that would have made it. Where the hell is Mero? Injured. Okay. Injured. But yeah, because this is what I mean. Because I had an argument with someone. I said, "AW don't do long term feud." They, they, yeah, no, they do. They do do long term feud. They do. Think about what happened with 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 Omega and such and such and such. I said, "No, no, y'all missing the point." Soon as a motherfucker lose the belt, how many times do we see a rematch? Um, very seldom. Well, his, very uh, a, uh, Tony Khan isn't, isn't shy about letting people know that we don't really do rematches. Yeah, yeah and that's the stupidest fucking policy ever. It Thank like, you. makes no sense. Because here's the thing if I'm the champion, Gerald, and you beat me in any competition, then, you know, basically you might as well make up the guest bedroom because I'm going to be so far up your ass until I get my <laughs> shot again. You're going to think that we're like the two-headed monster, you know. Um, and even then, it, you know, it's like and rivalries make wrestling. That's why, like, you know, Dusty yeah. versus the Horsemen, the Road Warriors, and you're Midnight, Rock and Roll and Midnight. Um, 
you know, uh, Steamboat Flair, Wahoo and Valentine. I, you know, if it's a good match and the fans want to see it, you know, I don't know. Like, that is the one thing if I ever meet Tony, I'd like, dude, that is probably one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard anybody say when it pertains to wrestling. Because you got no feuds and you got no rematches. So what the fuck? And, you you know, and half your show is with these jerk offs that I wouldn't let mow my lawn. So, like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, come on. Like, you know, you got to you got to tighten the reins here. And, and you, you know, enough with the George Coolis gang, enough with the uh, with the uh, Orange Julius. I want, uh, you know, I want, you know, like a tag division. Oh, and the women's division still is kind of trash because like Riho has made a reappearance and, and her and whatever, whatever that fucking elf was that she was wrestling. That was the shittiest match. And it, it, she, they changed every Anakamura. Japanese woman wrestler. You know, it's like, especially that one botched move. I'm like, what are you two idiots doing? You know, it's like, it's like, why are these people on TV? Like, why, why are you still trying to push Rio? And what's with the elf? Like, is she going to make my shoes? Like, what is she doing? You know? Who's the elf? I don't hear referring to. I had to go back and look, but no. Well, no, but, the, Rio, no, Rio, Rio this week. Rio made. Uh, she's back now, and she wrestled another Japanese wrestler. And the oh, other Japanese yeah. wrestler had. She literally looked like if Pat Oswalt were Japanese, and then dressed like an elf. That yeah. was her, and the match was shit. And you know, and a female Japanese wrestling kept women's wrestling alive from basically the 80s and 90s and those motherfuckers laid it in and it did had matches i was like holy shit so there's a lineage there and these two uh it's and again riho never impressed me and it's like and they and she almost like fucked up riho like really bad and some like a massive botch move off of the top rope and then this the ending was like weird and lame and it's like okay i guess omega must be coming back because uh, now it's going to be all this like ridiculous. And again, I don't care if your entire division is Japanese or Mexican or like whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever good wrestlers you get. That, but don't just bring just because they're from Japan and a Japanese wrestler did does not see, mean they're a good wrestler. Did you see the commercial about um, uh, Af- uh what's it called? Asian Pacific Heritage Awareness Month or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And yet Tony Khan, um. Pretty much saying, oh, pretty much saying the reason why he has all these um, Asian Japanese schoolgirls um, fighting, uh, wrestling on his television because he's trying to um, bring a, what's what he said, uh, a, a, a new appreciation and awareness for Asian Pacific wrestlers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I'm, I'm all for you know unity and, and and trying to expand the horizons and everything. But here's the problem: um, there's a difference between making opportunities available and then like panhandling and you know yeah. you can leave the door open like you know there's oscar and there was a uh, car and and so on like you have to be good like i'm not gonna put you can call me an old white racist all you want i'm not gonna put you on my fucking show just because you're japanese i don't care uh if you're if you're a wrestler and you're happy to be gay or trans i don't care uh, and again, I'll leave that to you, how you want to represent that on TV. But are you good? You know, same, yeah, yeah. so it's like there's a difference between having a diverse roster that actually is a roster and then just a bunch of people. So so you, that way nobody goes, well, you're racist. It's like, no, again, you have to be fucking qualified to have the job. <laughs> it's 
the, 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 the whole point of the inclusiveness is to leave the field even so everybody can try to get the job and the best person, whoever that may be. Now, also, mind job. you on this, Riho is not the best one out of Star. So yeah. she's actually, she was what, the mid-card champion. She never held the top belt. Even though Riho, it, don't get it twisted, she gave good matches. I give her that for her size. But if you're going to go to Japan, it's kind of like, and you're going to grab, let's say, from Star. You got Kara Saint. Kara Saint is over there. Why you ain't bring her over? Well, she wanted to go back to Japan. I think she's kind of done with the U.S. for now. No, no, I know, but I'm pretty sure she'll take the check to come back just to do this tournament. You feel what I'm um, coming from? I don't know. It again. It ro- I rolled my eyes when you know. Uh, and they just dropped the ball in Abaddon. I damn. I'm like. What well, again, the fuck? that's a very specific looking gimmick, and that's something that you got to really build a story around because she obviously yeah. is not going to do promos, and she's really is good at that makeup. I mean, I mean they could have built it. I mean, she here. There's no telling. I mean, here you but, said he got big mouth. Uh, big Guerrero one McCall. You could have brought. Uh, n- uh, Father Mitchell in the goddamn. Yes, I'm just gonna say that, motherfucker. Yes, um, but again, it's it's also the it's it's a two way street. Like she, you could have done something with her, but you needed to make the effort and stay with it. And Tony obviously is a short term booker, which it's like, okay, you need to stretch your legs. You got three months. Oh, you get three months. <laughs> oh, guys, three get months. get this. Um, the breaking news: uh, Cody Rhodes will challenge. Theory for the United States title tonight on WWE Raw. That's on face WWE's on Facebook. Posted it just now. Well, he has to win it because you can't beat you can't yeah. beat Rhodes right now. Yeah, he he you're gonna have to put the US title on him. Because unless you have it, he wins by disqualification because of Seth Rollins interfering, because that's the only thing I can think of how they would break that up without Cody winning the belt, but why are you going to throw Theory, who just won the title, against Cody, your hottest wrestler? Because they seem hell bent on burying what they just built up. I don't know, like, and also again, they took away his like theory. Like, I got a theory. You're fucking the way you name your wrestlers is fucking. Yeah, by the way, what the fuck? He's what? What is his name? Is he's named after a hypothesis? That's his name. He posed to be. This is funny as fuck. Was that he's unproven? That's why he's named Theory. Uh, I, I don't actually. I do not know why he came up with the name. That's that's what Theory is. He's a. His name should be hypothesis. (laughs) Triangle. Hypothesis. Uh, I just the way they come up with names is so fucking stupid. It's oh it's just God. and again it's the obsession with they have to own everything and it's like you know you can still own it and have it be good, you know just because you make it up doesn't automatically make it good. You know if you have to like I said with Walter you could have changed the spelling of the name a little bit or used a V instead of a W and now I'm you saying. own it. You just it's like oh well now we're gonna call them uh, you know. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna call them. It seems to be the NXT guys. You noticed that, right? Like who, who were NXT a year ago? Like because the, the, the weird ass name changes, the weird ass gimmicks. 
because Vince hates the indies. He hates anything that's professional wrestling that he does not consider the sports entertainment. Those names harken back to their profession. He's the only reason why they didn't change Cody Rhodes because he already had the Cody Rhodes name. He he already bought the name. Perry is a WWE original. Like he wasn't on the indies. No, 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 no. Austin Theory was never with WWE. Actually, he would evolve. He was the evolved champion. He, he, Austin they, Theory? Austin yeah, Theory, okay. yes, he was. He was with right. Evolve. If the Evolve got bought by WWE, and that's how he came over. He, he was originally the evolved champion. How old is he? 22, 25? He's young. There was a young. I found out about Theory because he was in some kind of documentary about indie wrestling. I forget what it was. It was on Amazon, but he was part of a, a documentary or something. And they were kind of, and this is when uh, I think he was with Evolver, still even doing indies. Darby was in it and Ethan Page. And Ethan Page has like a company that, that runs like, I don't know if they're still around, but they used to run once a month. And they and Darby and uh, and Ethan Page were in this documentary, but they were they were following around Ethan uh, Austin Theory, and they were saying like, "Oh, this guy's going to be with a major company soon," and so on and so forth. And it happened, but again, it's like just doing dumb shit. Like again, everybody has to have a name, and it's weird. And again, it's all because Vince thinks it sounds better. Yeah. That's it. It's the, literally the answer to everything. Well, Vince, like, why was like why was Brock Lesnar eating hard boiled eggs in the ring, like during the match? <laughs> like, okay, why was Rhea Ripley dressed like Groucho Marx? Well, Vince likes it. There you go. Something, something, something. That's what Vince CM, wanted. CM Punk said it best. Um, he was like some interview somewhere, some 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 forum somewhere, right? And um, he was talking. I got a clip of it. He was talking about how um, I'm trying to say, quote him. He was like saying, "I don't care who you think you are. You don't know what you're doing, and no one has the balls to tell you this." About Vince, of course. So yeah, and that's and hey, like get yeah, disagree. Like every time I try to say it to somebody, like Vince is a senile old man. People are going like Gerald, you're you're whatever the fuck. They're going to be in denial. I'm like. But do you guys do, like, do you guys agree with me or not? Like, I think Vince is a senile old man, and nobody has the balls to tell him what you're saying is stupid or not. Here's the question that I ask you: How do you tell a billionaire, a billionaire, that he'll know what the fuck he's doing? You can't, because he's going to go back to the fact he made a billion dollars. But you know what's funny though? Like, I I I find it kind of ironic because like the biggest stars and the biggest success stories out of WWE are people who have either told Vince to fuck off or been able to tell Vince to fuck off. People like people like Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, um the Click, uh The Rock, Austin, Batista, like um like uh like Sean would no show if Vince told yeah. him something stupid like that he didn't want to do. So with the click, uh I remember this, granted it wasn't WWE granted it wasn't WWF uh, WWF or WWE but there's a story about Ric Flair in WCW where uh, they had like a little dry erase board, chalk, whatever you call it, chalkboard, right? And it was the match lineup for that night. And it was like him versus Fit Finley. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted to work with Finley because he was too stiff and too snug. So Ric Flair took the eraser and erased that and erased it. And up until this, and up until like 2007 on SmackDown, right? They never fought each other one on one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so my point is right. It's like it's the biggest successes, the biggest stars in WWE 
happy people who who told the motherfucker to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. I but see, also, but see, also, when you name off those wrestlers, they were not the, the, those wrestlers. Yeah, I said right, wrestlers. Think about it. When you said Cena, said Batista, who trained them? Billy, Jim Cornette, uh, Danny Jim Cornette, Cornette, Danny Davis. There you go, Danny Davis, Jim Cornette. That's why they were successful. Who the hell trained these motherfuckers now? Re- people that came through the territory, they showed people how to get the fuck over. You have a bunch of motherfuckers that's back there now that never got the fuck over trying to tell these young people how to get the fuck over in a sport they never got over. Perfect example. John Laurinaitis, when did he ever get the fuck over? I'm waiting. Yeah, no, he was like... When when did he ever a big star? He was was mildly over in Japan. That's about it. Yeah, he'll tell it. He was one of the biggest stars. Dude, they booked you because... They had no else to book at the damn time. They who, already booked wait, who, who trained Charlotte? Of uh, course, so Rick. It was Rick, Rick but had- also like people. But when the here's the thing, they have good instructors at the uh, the the center. But the problem is, they are you know kind of had their hands tied to where they can't really teach them the way they normally would. They got to teach them the way the WWE tells being, them. It's not about being taught or like who taught you about like. To me, like the biggest stars and the and like no the biggest stars and big success stories out of WWE or in WWE, right? Have been people who told Vince or whoever that no, this is fucking stupid. I'm not doing this. This makes no sense. People who like I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna show up if you if you do this or whatever. Yeah, but see, but see, so the like, people that was able to tell <laughs> Vince that motherfucker that would make it big so much damn money, he had to take it. Theory can't sit here and go to Vince and say, "Man, fuck this shit. You can't. You ain't gonna take my first name because he ain't got the cachet nor the the money power and the drawing power to tell Vince to go kiss off." Stone remember, Cold had that ability. The Rock remember had when, that ability. Remember when Charlotte and Becky had like a belt exchange, mm-hmm. and both of them were not, and both of them thought that was a stupid idea. Yeah. And Charlotte was Charlotte was like being difficult because on 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 this on air. Live on TV because he didn't want to do it because it made it look yeah. weak or whatever, right? Like, stupid. She, she went to business for herself, and while she was unprofessional, right? Like, I kind of commend her for doing that, but because like she she realized this is fucking stupid. Like, this is making sense. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this. That was her mindset, and mm-hmm. I kind of commend her for that. We need we need, we need put more people like that who like say no. This is fucking stupid. I'm not going to do this. That's 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 my point for the day. Yeah, most definitely. So, fellas, I got to cut this show, even though it wasn't oh. short. <laughs> well, you're about three hours too late for that. Yeah, you ain't lying. So I got some other things I got to take care of. So with that being said, Mr. Gerald, tell everybody where they can find you and listen to you. All right. Well, you can listen to us when it comes out. Probably be what Thursday when it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Wednesday. Wednesday, you'll be dropping Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. All right, Wednesday night. Here. So you're probably, so you're probably hearing us Wednesday night, Thursday morning, right? Um, yep. you already know, STP Radio. Get the get the brand drop plus app, iOS, Android, www.bgplcapp.com. You already know. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, listen. We still we still do this again on Twitter, like on Twitter Spaces. I got monetized mm-hmm. recently. I want to try that out. 
No doubt, no doubt. So, so once yeah. again, so thank you for on, coming. Follow me on Twitter real quick at Jar Roberts, at Gerald Roberts, all one word. Already know. Oh yeah, and trust me, he has some of the hottest. I'm I feel honored to be on your radio station for who the hell you have on the radio station wrestling wise. You know, what I'm saying? Well. it feels good to be on the station where you got Dave Meltzer and, <laughs> and your show. I'm like, yo, man, yo, and Billy, we doing some, we doing some shit with this podcast, bro. Yeah, until uh, eventually it, it, they're like, you know, Kevin, I we like you, but this anger guy that constantly says fuck, like, <laughs> like how attached to you are you to him? You know, so, I mean, no, that not, no. Listen, this is why I have my own platform. Like, listen. YouTube can uh, uh, let me see. YouTube um can suck my dick. And tell him I said that. Amen. Amen. Right? Because there, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But just long story short, that's why I have my own platform, my own app, like my own. It is you know, interesting. I make I, the rules, I, and everything. I just found this out that like even so you, if you're a top like uh, like a person that makes massive money with YouTube. You actually can't get a hold of anybody from YouTube. So, like, yeah. the same people, the same way I try to get a like solve problems through YouTube, somebody like you know, uh, like a major YouTuber has to do the same thing. And you would think, like, okay, well, this person literally just made enough to buy a house and and spend a month in Mexico. You would think when they call you, you would answer because whatever you're giving them you're definitely getting a, a nice little cut of that before she even sees it. So it's like, yeah, YouTube is a weird thing. I'm slowly easing my way into, like, the idea of a channel. I just, you know, again, I just get consumed. The reason I brought that up is because it's just to expound on your point real quick. Billy, you're welcome, you're welcome on my platform anytime because, like, I want I want people to say whatever they want to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. no, no censorship. Candid. No, I appreciate that. No, pull no punches. Just let me hear it. Like, what you gotta say? Like, tell me how you feel. Tell me. And two, you don't ramble no different than our friend of the show and who we so admire. We both proud cult members of Jim Cornette. Fuck that. Wait, say that again. Say that again. Now I said, hey, we he don't rant no different than Jim Cornette. But Jim does it way better. I can't. My my ranting is pretty good when I get. Yeah, I love some Jim Cornette. I'm sorry. Jim is Jim. Although I ordered, although I will say this, I ordered the uh, the new the new figures, the uh, the the bloody variant and the uh, commentary Mm. table a month ago, and I did it like right at the point when they went on sale. And apparently, by ordering two, I doomed myself to like being the last (laughs) on the list. Yeah. I, I have a confession. Uh, I am Hotchkiss Feather Bottom. So oh. you, oh, so I'm, you. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm supposed to see your reaction, but I'm. Oh, I'm about to say. I'm about to say. How the fuck you get your shit read on the show and I can't? I'm <laughs> you know how many questions I just sent to Jim Cornette and they never answered my shit. Oh, I have one question for him that I sent in a few times and I gave up. And I actually met Jim and I completely forgot to ask him. It was like something that he did with that Bill the Butcher on NWA Power Hour. And I just wanted to know the story behind it. But I can't get my question on the show. Um, I'm, I'm going to maybe I'll, maybe now that I'm talking about it, I'll retry it, maybe try to reword the question. But um, maybe they, yeah. or maybe they actually listen to the podcast. If you're listening, Jim, the next time one of us send a damn question, could you please get Brian Lance, Brian Lance to ask the shit, please? 
I mean, I'll try. I'm trying to what to do from Starksville. What's his name? I'm tired of him getting red all the goddamn time. Yeah, I'm tired of him getting his shit red all the goddamn time. Shit. Just, damn it. So, with that being said, yeah, I'm going to have to shut this down. So, you know how we always end this, people. Thank you, Mr. Roberts, for coming back. And we're going to bring you back. Actually, I want to bring you back for a pro wrestling smoke so we can pop up. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you about to say? Billy? Hello? Yeah? No, no. I was, I was talking to Gerald. I said... I said, it's a pleasure. I definitely want to bring you back for Pro Wrestling Smoke so we can ch- I'll let you know what the topic will be that day. I would love to hear your thoughts on whatever we talk about. You know, and for you people that's listening, Pro Wrestling Smoke is part of the Premium Smoke Room. $4.99 a month, you get the opportunity to enjoy five weekly podcasts for a nice, lovely fee. And we get more raunchier, we get more candy and more open. And Pro Wrestling Smoke is one of those podcasts we pick a nice little topic. We go deep with it. Definitely going to bring you on for one of those, Mr. Roberts. All right, yo, listen. Um, have you back on next week because um, I could talk. I'll, I'll look to um the May 11th show, AW show. That's on Wednesday. Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely got to bring him back for that, Billy. Because I want to hear what it's like sure. live. So I told you. I told you I got tickets. I'm not even sure. Okay, so let me tell you the truth, real quick, real quick before you head off the air. Um, okay. I don't have them yet in my hands. Like I gotta go through the day off to get the tickets from the dude that mm. I'm looking for. So, depending on what happens when I try to like, get the tickets, right? It might be a whole different story. I tell you, come Wednesday or Thursday mm. when we do the show. Um, will I be there in person? Will I not be there in person? Will I be like a fucking idiot from my girl? Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna bring them back so we can hear the story. So, with that being said. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You didn't learn anything. Billy, sign off. And until next time, when it's Vader time, we'll see you then. Yes. All right. Deuces, we out. Yeah. See you guys. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right